My name is James Rowlands, and in 2015, I started a WNR podcast with my friend, Dan Mike. And every month, we bring you the latest collections, newest content, 205 Live, and the crown jewel of the WNR NXT update. Also, each month, the latest pay-per-views, and we are live, not only for the big four, but every takeover as well. Plus, in 2019, we go back 20 years and witness the attitude rise and the WCW's demise. Until we've watched everything, we're with you and we we are the WNR. Yes, hello, I am James Rowlands, and as always, I'm joined by... Dan White. And today it's the WNR 2.30, and it's WWE versus WCW for June. But before we do anything, let's start with the alternate intro. Well, Bethany's car has broken down on the side of the road after Dre, Jay drove it too fast in first gear. Jay says, dude, she's fucking pissed. She's never going to fuck us now. Well, maybe you, but definitely not me. You know how she is. Bethany responds with, nobody is fucking me. You got that? I don't know what I was thinking in that diner, but seeing as I've decided to go home and not to New Jersey, sorry about the inconvenience and goodbye. And with that, Bethany begins to walk off. You breaking up with us? Bethany continues walking off. Who the hell do you think you are, lady? Jay and Silent Bob walk after her. You can't go around here breaking people's hearts like that. I fell in love with you. We fell in love with you. Guys like us just don't fall out the fucking sky, you know? And just then, a man falls right between Jay, Silent Bob and Bethany. Beautiful, naked, big-titted women just don't fall out the sky, you know. And now on to the intro. In 1999, WCW and WWF were the two biggest wrestling companies in the world. And for the past couple of years, had traded the number one slot. But as the year started, it seemed WWF had a plan to continue its hugely successful Attitude Era, while WCW has seemingly lost the plot. Rather than focusing on younger talents like Booker T, Jericho, Benoit and the Super Over Goldberg, it instead pushed over-the-hill stars Hogan, Piper and Flair and continued the NWO even though it had passed its peak. This year, the WNR podcast goes back 20 years and witnesses WWE's rise and WCW's demise. This is WWE vs. WCW Monday Night War, June 1999. Well, we continue in the WCW after the Great American Bash and we witness the return of the master and ruler of the world. What would Nitro have to offer us for the rest of the month? Let's find out. It's June 14th, episode 195.
the MCI Centre in Washington, D.C. The commentators are Bobby Heenan and Tony Schiavone. And like I said, we're past Great America Bash. There's no way things could get any worse than they got last night. I mean, I do not believe it is possible for a promotion to get less interesting and worse than they have been in the last five weeks or so. The main story seems to be Nash versus Savage slash Sid, which should be more introduced to Sid being totally nuts and semi-mobile. Also, Goldberg hasn't been around due to filming Universal Soldier 2. Two. And that was rated 4.2 on IMDb, also starring Jean-Claude Van Damme. It seems worth it. Well, I'm sure uh, <laughs> WCW at this point would probably got a less rating than <laughs> Yeah, exactly, yeah. <clears throat> Well, we open with a package of recap stills from last night. And then Savage, Sid and the girls arrive. DJ Rand babbles about the Cowboys versus Knight. And our first match is Brian Adams and Vincent versus Kurt Henning and Barry Windham. Well, Vincent comes back with some clotheslines of his own to Barry. And we get a hot tag to black and white turn face. And obviously, well, Brian cleans house for a bit until Barry parts him with a DD. Duncan pulls Adams to the floor and the cowbell shot to the head is enough to pin Vincent. Yeah, I mean, this wasn't a bad match. When did the black and white actually get energy in the legs? Granted, the match wasn't anything special, but what do you expect from these four? Henning and Wyndham can be good when they're motivated, but that's a very rare thing to see anymore. I do like them making it more of a stable than just a team, but it's got to get better. Well, here's a press conference from earlier today where you... <coughs> Here's a press conference from earlier today where you, where Master P signed with WC. This is exactly what you would expect, including using a run-on sentence that goes on for about 45 seconds. Mysterio, Conan and Bischoff have some appreciation. The fact that this goes to commercial while P is still talking tells you everything. Well, here are Savage and the girls with something to say. Savage said he's the boss and last night young crown world champion. He talks about how awesome the girls are and George gyrates a bit in demonstration of how Nash looked after the elbow, complete with a cover and pin. Savage rambles about being vicious from here on out and says the wolf pack sucks. This went way too long and made Savage sound even crazier than normal. Not that that's easy, but anyway, we go on to some Nitro Girls. And then we get pictures of the dogs from last night. Please, anything else but those dogs. That's not a nice thing to say to Miss Matt. So now I talk about the Dobermans which attacked Sting in that uh, bloody encounter. Oh, yes. Well, we go on to our next match, which is Humorous versus... Kidman is rammed back first into the post and Jimmy slides in the chair. Distraction lets Morris drop Kidman ribs first on the top of the chair, but Kidman counters a powerbomb and hits a shooting star for the pin. At least hold your ribs, dude. Well, is that really the end of the Morris attacks the cruiserweight stuff? They had a mess of a battle royal, and this is the best they can. Like I said, Kidman just popped up and finished the match without even holding it. I expect that from Morris, but not you. And then we get more DJ Ran. And here are Flair and Anderson with something to say. Rick threatens to make the eternally present frat boy's mum go, Woo! He's here tonight to offer Rowdy Piper the vice president. So here's Piper with a full pipe and drums band. Piper accepts the job and talks about how... Well, this brings out Dean Malenko, who says that if someone was waking up from a 15-year coma and turned on the show, they wouldn't think anything has changed. That was a good line. Other greats have passed the torch, but Flair wants to hold it forever. That's not cool with guys like Dean, so he's going to take the torch no matter who likes Well, Anderson says Dean needs to call it, or instead of being a horseman, he'll be one of their victims. Arn stands at Flair's side, but Piper gets in Dean's. The brawl is on, and we see Benoit and Spring, only to get jumped by the Jersey Boys. Bagwell comes out but gets beaten down as well. Okay, let's just stop for a few seconds here and look how stupid this is. The young guys are perfectly fine as everything they said and did makes sense. That brings us to Piper, who has spent the last month and a half trying to get Flair's power and even had him committed to a mental. But now he's perfectly fine with being vice president. 
basically given the exact same authority he's had over a year now as commissioner. Isn't he still the commissioner he's second in power? Well, unless I'm missing something, Piper has the same power he had before, but is now clearly under Flair and has stopped fighting because he and Flair used to be buddies 15 years ago. Now, if there's one thing Piper has never been over the years, it's someone who falls in line and gives up. A f- this is so totally out of character for him and makes the last month and a half totally pointless. Things like this are ones that make this such a frustrating issue. Without a shadow of a doubt, and Bischoff joins the commentary. We get a video on Norton versus Miller. No, no, it's Cat versus Scott Norton. Well, why this didn't happen last night isn't clear. Miller puts on the red shoes and dances. Sonny offers a distraction so Miller can hit a low blow. He loads up the red shoe, but the referee goes down because we're not overbooked. A super kick to the face with a red shoe is enough to pin Norton. And then Miller becoming a dancer is a bit more interesting than just being a karate guy. But it doesn't make stuff like this any easier to sit through. These two are feuded for weeks now, and I'm really not sure why they're even fighting at this point. Is it over who is tougher? Is it really taking three or four matches to answer that? Well, James, let's have some Nitro Girls. Yeah. And then we've got Disco Inferno versus Van Hammer. Well, Hammer stays on. Hammer, <coughs> Hammer stays on him with some basic been on a sleeper. This is stupid, given that Disco's finisher is a jawbreaker, which is exactly what he uses to get out. Yeah, but it's not the finishing jawbreaker, though. So Disco has to avoid a charge in the corner and then screws up a neckbreaker. He somehow swang the wrong way. I mean, this guy has like four moves and he screwed up one of them. Really. The last dance is broken up. We actually get a ref bump in this match. Now the net breaker connects, but the referee counts as slow to... Two. Hammer grabs the best of the handful of tights for the pin. Well, we really, need <coughs> we really needed all that Disco Inferno versus Van Hammer, and Disco managed to screw up a swinging net. Why are we seeing so many Hill versus Hill matches anyway? Coming to think of it, there really aren't that many faces on the roster, or at least not many worth much. But cool hills are the same as... Right? Well, Disco stuns the referee post-match. Well, Dennis Rodman might be coming back. Good grief. And we get the stills of the tag team title match. And we get Fit Finley versus Brian Nobbs. Well, the nasty one stays in control with his boring offence before charging into the corner. Of course, Finley can't get any, any further offence as he charges into a power slam. Finley avoids the splash and stops away before getting two off a roll and fireman's carry. Two. Cue hack for a kendo stick to Nobbs' head, giving Finley the quick pin. Well, at least it was short. The problem here is an old one in race. With no title or anything to fight for, these are just one-off matches that don't lead anywhere and don't change. One guy beats another, then a third guy wins, and that's then it's back to the first loser. They're running in circles, and it got old after. Well, we cut to the crowd, and Sable, of all people, is in the front row. And at the moment, she's got a lawsuit against WWF. Well, here's Nash for his variety of catchphrases. He's not out here for Savage, though. Instead, he wants to talk to Sid face-to-face. Sid pops up on screen for some jibber-jabbering and the vague mentions of maybe a title match down the line. We then get a recap of Flair v. Piper from last night. Buff was going to get the ball if Piper won. Then he cost Piper the match. What does that say about Bagwell? He's a fucking idiot. Yes, indeed. Uh, Well, we get DJ Ran. And then we get an actual match that I'm interested in watching, and it's Ric Flair, Roddy Piper, Canyon, and DDP versus... Saturn, Chris Benoit, Dean Malenko, and Buff Bagwell. So it's old versus young, and is WCW actually going to go forward with their storyline? I mean, this team probably got a combined age of about 200, and that's probably just Piper and Flair. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but we shall see. Can the young guys actually get a victory as Benoit and Flair... Going to start things off. 
And funny fact, even the oldest person in this match, I'd say Ric Flair, probably had the last match in WWE out of all eight of these guys. <laughs> yeah. He, rest, he, he actually did wrestle longer than any of these other guys. I mean, obviously, you've got a couple of uh, circumstances there with a couple of others, but DDP comes in going after Benoit. <clears throat> the cross face is on already. But then a melee breaks out and everyone just jumps in the ring to kind of break it up. Ric Flair's team's going to win. <laughs> Why? Because he's wearing blue. <laughs> well, that's just my early call going on the Ric Flair theory. Yeah. Well, the old time has taken a time on the outside. They're in no rush here. But the crowd seems to be actually excited for this. And it does make sense, doesn't it? Because obviously we've got a lot of old time. So it makes sense to go against the newer guys. Absolutely, yeah. And Buff Bagwell. I've never been a huge fan of Buff and I've not really improved this past couple of years. Well, he is Buff, but I don't think he is the stuff. So out of all of these, who is your favourite wrestler? Uh, do you know something? I'm becoming a big fan of Dean Malenko. Uh, I think he could do a lot. And it's just a shame, like, someone his size really... Never got the chance. Saturn has impressed me as well. I think, yeah. you know, mostly Benoit, obviously, we know about. Canyon's quite a good worker. You, the only person that might be slightly in there would probably be Rowdy Roddy Piper. Uh, but favourite one, I don't know, it's different. Who's your favourite, at least? Um, I'd have to say Benoit. You know, he's probably one of the best in-ring workers. Goes on to have some great matches from this as well. And it's crazy when you think, you know, you talk about uh, champion. DDP's obviously been WWE champion this year and Flair... Obviously, with a title, but apart from that, and Benoit, I don't think any other guy has come near it. No. Well, I don't think Buff even got employed by WWE. No, Buff got stuffed. Canyon? Uh, Canyon did a little bit, but he got destroyed at SummerSlam 2001, was it? With DDP in the steel cage match with Brothers of Destruction. I think after that, he couldn't really come back. Was that with the Sarah stalking? Yes, that was the. Yeah. They thought, because Kimberly was his wife, that the attractive Sarah would be a better option. Absolutely. Moment between Flair and Benoit now. Benoit trying for the backslide. Oh, but Flair managing to kick out. Oh, uh, well, a huge chop by Flair. See, look, Benoit's actually Flair look good. <laughs> and oh. the reason why Benoit's struggling in this kind of like, what is that move called? It's test of strength. The test of strength where they kind of get up from the mat from a Ric Flair pinfall is because Benoit's putting everything he's got into it and Ric Flair's probably putting about... 10%. Mm. Well, Flair, you know, does say he hated WCW towards the end, so it kind of makes you think that he wasn't, you know, trying his hardest, and that was a slight problem there. As Flair hits the uh, back suplex now on Benoit, going to go figure four. No, Benoit with a roll-up too. Flair managing to kick out. Uh. <laughs> Catches Flair with a step-up in Seguri. He does a classic Flair bump. Flair bump. It would be fair to Flair. He is entertaining, you know, like what we have seen does make you laugh. And now what's Benoit going to try? Oh, he's locking in a figure four of his own. DDP comes in to stop, but Saturn grabs hold of him. He locks in a figure four. And now Canyon's in with Malenko. He locks in a figure four. And now Piper's in with Bagwell. He probably doesn't even know how to put a figure four in. Oh, no, he's doing all right. We're and now to... all eight men have got figure fours either locked in or locked into them. And the referee's checking, but Bam Bam came in and hit the leg drop of Benoit. Flair with the cover. One, two. Oh, no, Benoit managing to kick out. Oh. Now Piper's choking Benoit as he just crawls past. <laughs> <laughs> and now Canyon gets in. You know, it is weird, though, what WWE do, because you think, like, in April, DDP was in the main event beating Ric Flair for his world title. 
you know, a couple of months ago, Piper was facing Flair in a match for the presidency, and now they're all kind of like teaming up and friends. Yeah. <laughs> Just... Buff Bagwell was teaming with fucking Scott Steiner, <laughs> and part of the NWO, and was his lackey, and now he's kind of like a super facey face. And Saturn used to be part of the Ravens flock, and that's completely gone. And Malenko and Benoit are part of the Horsemen. That kind of never gets mentioned now. No. <laughs> <laughs> Cause part with Flair and Paige in stopping uh, taking Benoit out. So is it me or is it just Canyon who stayed true to his hill roots? Yeah, Canyon has stayed there. Yeah. I mean, DDP was a face for a long while. Won the title, turned him hill. <laughs> yeah. Flair was a face and then kind of turned himself hill after winning the title. Yeah, Piper was a face, turned himself hill. Yeah, position of power. Yeah, gets you. Um, well, Benoit's kind of stayed a face in some respects. <clears throat> yeah, I think he still thought he was part of the Four Horsemen, to be fair, until Flair said, you know... No, you're not. You know, you're not. I'll turn my back on you again. Oh, and Flair's just hit a low blow on Benoit as a referee with DDP. I think with rivalries, if you have to write down why they don't like each other, there's a problem. You know, WCW never keeping it basic, were they? You know, always kind no. of... Turning one week, it's even like Macho Nash, they're best mates at the start of the year, and now all of a sudden they absolutely hate each other, you know. But it's not been a bad match as Benoit's backed up into the hill corner now. Yeah, but with Macho and Nash hating each other, Flair and Piper hating each other, <laughs> and now it's kind of like, and now they're enemies. But yeah, it is, it is a really confusing time. I think, you know, you don't get people kind of staying as they are for too long, you know, they try it for a little while, it doesn't work instantaneously, so they change them. To either a face or a heel, and it's yeah, it is a bit too much. Well, this is the thing, you know, you see, you're not watching, and it's like, why are these guys? What's going on now? I have no idea. It why be is easy Piper doing. teaming with Flair? <laughs> yeah. I mean, they hated each other last week. Yeah, while the horsemen beating each other up for, I don't understand. So, and now we've got probably the best wrestler in this match going up against Chris Benoit at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> but Piper, which is the right hand, credit to Rowdy, while he takes down Benoit. But then Piper returned when he was getting RKO'd, and then he's returned in a rumble as well, didn't he? Yeah, I've, I I remember him coming back at I think two thousand and five. He did rumble. the Piper's Pit, didn't he, with Carlito? Was that yeah. WrestleMania? It might have been. Yeah, I'm sure it was him and Superfly Snooker came back at. Uh, oh no! I put, yeah, that's probably WrestleMania. They came back at Royal Rumble. Wasn't he in the match with Jericho as well with Steamboat? Yeah, yeah. I mean, no, I mean, I'm, I'm just. I think it was two thousand and five. Uh, two thousand and five. Oh yeah, okay. That was no. Uh, when he in New York, the one in New York, wasn't it? Was it two thousand three? Seen as like eight. When he come back in that, they had Snooker and fucking Piper, and it was like really slow shots in the middle. And we just kind of like sat there watching. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, I remember Carlito sat there like, yeah. what the fuck's going on? And then they got eliminated. Well, they eliminated. And now it's Paige stopping Benoit, and Benoit desperate for a tag, and Piper distracting referee. As Benoit kind of drags DDP to his corner, tags in. Referee didn't see it, and now Saturn and Canyon are both double teaming Benoit. Hit a huge suplex as DDP drags him to the corner looking for an elbow. Page up top. Oh, but Benoit gets his feet up straight to the face of DDP. Now it gives Benoit a chance in his corner. Well, Benoit has been in for a long time and he has been getting beaten down by all members of the Hills. And the crowd's definitely into this one as well. There's a level of excitement as it looks at the hot tag. Well, the crowd. Are invested in it. It seems like something that's going to go somewhere, so they're going to stop it next week. <laughs> yes, and now Bagwell's in with Flair. And Bagwell's on fire, baby. High back body drop. 
Have you noticed Bagwell doesn't pose and flex as much when he's a face? I know, it's weird, isn't it? It's almost like, yeah, I should try a little bit. As now it's breaking down on all eight men in the ring. Again, for the third time or fourth time this match? And it's been crazy so far, trying to keep hold of things. I think Pollock and Saturn just gone outside. Referee stands no chance. I think he's got no power and control or whatsoever in this match. And now he's left with Malenko and Flair. Officiating WCW is just awful. And Bam Bam Bigelow's getting involved. Canyon just ran into a ring post. Buff's waiting for his spot. Oh, now Buff on the second rope. Blockbuster to Flair. Pin him then. Goes for the cover. One, One two, two, three. And the young guys, Buff Bagwell gets the pin. And Dan, what are your thoughts on that? It was a good match. Um, you know, Buff Bagwell getting a victory. That's kind of more shocking than anything else in this match. But, yeah, it's... It's something good, but what can I do from here now? Well, it's so unlike WCW, isn't it? You know, you get given a match that makes sense, old versus new, the crowd invested in it, and Buff Bagwell, who got embarrassed last night, and Flair gets comeuppance by beating Ric Flair tonight. And like I said, what will WCW do to continue the momentum heading forward? Well, we get some Nitro girls. And then we get Hack versus Rick Steiner. That's that's going to that's gonna <laughs> keep it going on. <laughs> But no TV bout again this week. I think it might be in the shops to get cleaned. Uh, but Rick does use a collar to nail Hack upside the head. Some chair shots send Hack up the aisle and Tim backstage. They hit each other with various metal objects before moving on to a big SUV. Rick takes him to the top of the car and rams Hack headfirst into the hood. Hack staggers around and falls over a motorcycle, freaking Bischoff out all over again. Well, they fight over to the Hummer from last week yet we still don't know who drove it but it is here so let's just have a look at this uh this fight so they're wasting like about 10 20 grand motor on these two fighting on top of it yeah and i don't really know why hack has been put in this position either because you know he's he's shit and he went through the roof of the hummer oh sting was in there and sting was in the hummer and he's gone after frick throws it of a caravan a motorhome well, Sting wanted Rick after the attack last night with the dogs, and Sting doesn't look too bad at the moment. No. So was Sting driving a Hummer then? Well, we just don't know at the moment. He was in there, and he's bringing Rick Steiner out. Why is Rick Steiner wearing a WCW crew jacket? <laughs> Maybe he doesn't have his own merch of, yeah, yeah. And Sting with a baseball bat. Gets handed a microphone, drags him all the way to the entrance ramp, nails him in the head, and then walks solo to the ring. Just leaves him there, like, oh, yeah, he'll be all right. Sting looks on a mission. I think Sting might have lost it. Is he trying to be the Riddler? I had no idea. He said, Riddle me this, Riddle me that, who's afraid of my big black bat. Of your big black what? A bat. Oh, right. And then he said about um, what looks good brown, and it was a Doberman on Sting. What's black and brown and looks good on? Yeah. Black and red and looks good black on... Black and white. Black and white looks good on Rick. Sting. Okay, I mean, if, if Sting wants to play it that way, that's fine. Rick Steiner's out and being carried away again. Yeah, so that was it. We don't know where he went with him. Uh, we're hoping to have an update soon, but Sting has taken Rick Steiner away. Well, we go on to our next match, and it is Psychosis and Leparka versus Conan and Rey Mysterio. Yeah, the No Limit Soldiers and Master P are out in full force. Mysterio and Psychosis get things going, with Rey climbing onto his shoulders and crawling down into a sunset flip for two. Two. Psychosis gets sent out the floor. Conan v. Parker with Conan actually climbing a corner for a Sinkara arm drag. Head scissor puts Psychosis down and Ray nails the springboard leg drop to Parker. Well, back in and Psychosis gets a cheap shot from the apron to take over. 
and Leparka adds a kick to the head of the head. And Leparka adds a kick to the head. Conan slips by him and makes a tag off to Ray, setting up a double dive to the outside. Back in and Conan beats up both guys with ease before stereo head scissors get stereo pins on Psychosis and Leparka. Yeah, this was pretty messy as I could barely keep track of who was legal for most of the match. Psychosis and Leparka were mostly there as pinballs to bounce around the ring and never be any real trouble. The masterpiece shilling from Bischoff is going to get old in a hurry, but at least he was fairly big name back then. Well, the soldiers come in to celebrate, but we hear rap is crap as Henning and Wyndham have taken on booth. Finally, a while. The rap guys storm the booth and P shouts, hooty hoo, or whatever it is, and the fans are just silent. A rap song is played, and that's about And then our main event is what we've all been waiting for. It's WWE World Title Online. It's Sid Vicious versus Kevin Nash. And it is Sid's first match in WCW for six years. Yeah, and his first match back. Can he become world? We know about success in WWF going over there, being multiple-time champ. But now he's back, and after Big Sexy. Well, Nick Patrick has cut his mullet. He does look a little bit more decent as he holds the world title. And it's Michael Buffer with the announcements. The gorgeous George Medusa. This madness. Wait for Sid. Well, it's Macho Man coming out and saying, no, it's not Sid. It's him. I'm savage saying he beat Kevin Ash last night. So he really is the champion. Much like he beat Spider-Man. And Nash saying, come and get it then. As Savage goes to, Nash catches him and the bell rings. And I'm guessing we're getting Macho versus Nash now. Oh, hush. Wow, so the world title is on the line. Macho with his pink, white, fluffy jacket and all. Pink, white? Pink, white, big, white, fluffy jacket and all. But here comes gorgeous George. Oh, that allows Savage in to get a low blow on Nash. <clears throat> As Miss Madness goes up top, accidentally hits Savage. And now it's Medusa with a kick, but gets caught. And now Sid comes down. And Sid fight, getting beaten down by Nash. No, it gets too much for Nash. But he reverses an Irish whip from Savage. Hits a sidewalk slam. But Sid comes in with a huge clothesline. Well, bells rang. This match is over. As Macho Man struggles to get his jacket off. And the fans chart for Goldberg. They're desperate for anything. Just some help for Kevin Nash. And they're just double team on the world champion. So Savage just got himself a free match against Nash. But chose to forfeit that. Well, and just to beat him up. And now here comes Sting, and he is the Batman of WCW. As he takes out Sid, turns his attention to Macho Man. So I haven't seen these two side by side since they was in the Wolfpack. But they are on the same page, and Sting is the saviour here tonight. And what do you think that episode of Nitro Dan? I thought Sting had just carried off Rick Steiner to parts unknown. Why is he then coming back to help? Nash. Uh, where is Rick Steiner? This is yeah. the questions we got. Asked. Where's Scott Steiner? Uh, well, this where's is Goldberg? Where's Goldberg? Uh, but you know, it had it was okay in pieces. It had a good match. Like you say, there's no. It went out of business for a reason. Let's be fair. Absolutely fucking lutely. We see if that gets any better. We we'll move on to our next episode of Nitro. It's June twenty first, episode one nine six. We're in the Sylph Superdome tonight with three weeks before Bash at the Beach. The main storyline is the old versus new story, kick of Bagwell pinning Flair in an eight-man tag. Other than that, it looks like we're looking at Sid versus Nash for the title at the pay-per-view, which almost has to be better than Nash versus Savage. Well, let's get to it. We open with a recap of last week's show. Haven't I suffered enough? 
the Hummer shows up with Savage and Entourage inside. Now she's limo pulls up behind it and tries to find out who was driving, but the Hummer gets away. So Sid wasn't driving a few weeks ago then. Nitro girls. And then it's Master P and some other rappers performing. These guys are so bout it, bout it, that they don't even need microphones near their face to rap. This goes on way too long. The announcers wonder about the Hummer. And then we get video on the music battle match from the bash. Lenny Lane is in the back and wondering what trunks to wear. Lodi comes in to give him a pep talk for his match with Meng later because Lenny can't last a long time and has a lot of stamina. Lenny even gets a shoulder rub to warm him up. This is exactly what it sounds like. Yeah, we thought Billy and Chuck was the first one. No, it's actually uh, Lenny involved in it as well. And then we get DJ Ran. And our first match is Kidman versus Psychosis. Well, they head outside with Kidman going to the barricade, setting up a split-legged moonsault out to the floor for a cool spot. Back in again with Kidman drop-kicking the masked one out of the air, only to miss a charge. Psychosis puts him on top for a huge hamakarana, only try a pab off for some stupid reason. Kidman goes up for the shooting star, and Savage and Sid come out for a DQ. Well, it was a nice opening match, but the Savage show must continue. Sid at least keeps Savage from needing the girls to do all the work for him to make Savage look a bit tougher. The match itself was entertaining, but we're still running out of matches to see in the division. I don't get why Psychosis had to drop the belt a week after winning it. Mysterio has defended it once since winning it nearly two months ago, so why give it to him? Sid cleans house until Sting comes out for the save. Nash follows him out, but has a question for Sting. Why did he and Sid... And why did he get out of the Black Hammer last week to go after Rick Steiner? Sting denies driving a Hummer a few weeks ago, but Nash says he wasn't accusing him. Nash even calls Sting Franchise Boy. There's a Shane Douglas joke in there somewhere. I don't get it. Well, Piper and Flair make Savage and Sid versus Sting versus Nash. Sorry, I'll redo that one because I'm a moron. Piper and Flair make Savage, Sting, Nash for Bash at the Beach and Sting versus Sid for tonight. And we then get clips of Piper and Flair teaming up. And it's Meng versus Lenny Lame. Yeah, the fans shout various homophobic turns at Lane. Lenny's headlock is easily broken up and a headbutt works as well as you would expect. He tries to go up top but gets Tongan death grip down to the mat for a fast pin. And Lodi helps Lane to the back. And then we get Nitro Girls. And more on who was driving the hammer. No one knows if that wasn't clear. And here are Master P and the Low Limit Soldiers complete with Brad Armstrong in fatigues. Master P wants to sing happy birthday to his brother and ask the fan to come in to sing the song for him. We get a guy in a big black afro wig to sing happy birthday as the fans are just dying. Cue Kurt Henning in Dallas Stars jersey were a present for P's brother. Henning opens the gifts and pulls out a cowboy hat. The brother throws it down and stomps on it. A brawl starts and cake is thrown. Not the cake. The cake. Out of all the super stuff WCW did over the years, this might be the worst thought out feud ever. Well... Hang on to that because yeah, they're giving it, it a gets a lot worse. To begin with, Master P allegedly cost hundreds of thousands of dollars per appearance, which usually lasted all of three minutes. Then he and his friends run around shouting, holy ho, and sounded like a bunch of morons. But remember, they're the good guys in this story. The bad guys are the ring technicians who wear cowboy hats. Nice gifts to Master P's brother. Keep in mind that WSW has weekly NASCAR updates on Thunder, but we're supposed to boo the Cowboys. This feud has been a disaster since the beginning and makes the least sense of anything I've seen in a long And Eddie Guerrero versus Juventude Guerrero is our match, and it's Eddie's first match back since six months ago. Yeah, so he'd been involved in a horrible car injury, uh, car accident, 
and coming back. And Bischoff, actually to his credit, said to Eddie, you can stay covered in time and, you know, we'll pay you without a problem. So Eddie's going to come back. Let's see if Eddie has changed, see what he looks like after being away for so long. Well, Eddie looks a lot more serious. His hair's grown a lot. And he seems a little bit tighter as well, if you know. It looks like he's been working up his upper body a little bit. The new big embrace there before the match starts. Looking for a handshake from Eddie. He's happy that his friend's back, but... Eddie's like, well, I'm more intelligent than that. Oh. Well, even two again off doing a handshake, but Eddie just responds with a huge slap to the face. And Hoovy now is not going to be happy about that. And Eddie's got a rat's tail. It's not part of a ponytail. It is just like a, a bunch of hair growing from his, the back of his head in a ponytail. And now a huge chop to Hoovy. Sends him back. And like I said, a more aggressive Guerrero now with the kicks as well. And Hoovy's uh, straps have already come down. Eddie with the Irish whip. Slides between the legs of Guerrero and then a Tiltwell backbreaker. And Eddie saying to Hoovy, he's number one. And it's nice to see Eddie back. Obviously, a great wrestler. WWE have been missing that recently. Just make sure you use him properly. Irish rip Hoovy in the corner. Hoovy too throws Eddie over his head and sends him face first into the turnbuckle. Now a few chops from Juventude. to a chorus of boos from the fans, even though Juventude is meant to be the face. Tilt were attempt, but Juventude landed on his feet. Eddie looking for a powerbomb, but Juice turns it into an X-Factor. And out there, as he comes running in now. Jesus has takedown for the pin. Two. No, Guerrero managing to kick out. Ah. And then a huge slap across Guerrero's face as Eddie goes to the outside. And you can see the redness in his chest already. And Eddie says referee that he got his hair pulled. The referee was kind of disciplining Juventud or asking him if it happened. Eddie just goes straight for the knee, drop kicks it down. And it puts Guerrero fully back in control of the match. I just throws Juventud to the outside to then. Now, how thin are those mats? Those mats are way for thinner, just mere millimetres thick over pure concrete. Oh, Guerrero sending Hoovy into the barricade and then screaming at the announcers. <clears throat> well, it's a more fired up and focused Guerrero. He screams the announcers that he's back and he chucks Hoovy. Irish rip into a sleeper. Please still be in the sleep when we come back from the break. No. Hey. He's in an abdominal stretch. Was it made famous? Famous by. Uh, Wilbur Schneider back in the 30s. First put the move on Victor Guerrero, which was Eddie's great. Ah, so in 11 years, that'll be 100 years old, that move. Mm-hmm. And so will your joke. <laughs> and Eddie now. Looking for a helo over the top rope. Juventude moves out of the way. Runs the ropes. Eddie trying to power him up. But Juventude with a backslide into a pin attempt, but only a two. Two. Uh, it's a juice with kind of like a sleeper takedown. Takedown to Guerrero. Just works on the legs now. Lovely suplex from Guerrero. Goes for cover. Two. No. Juice managing to kick out. Uh-huh. But you can even tell with Guerrero at this time, you know, just how apt he was. Everything he does just looks crisp and on point, doesn't it? You know, we talk about great wrestlers, everything they do. He Obviously, by looking, he doesn't mind taking a bit of punishment to make it look a better match as well. Absolutely, yeah. You know, um, him and Benoit are definitely up there as two of the best technical wrestlers going. And let's hope they give Guerrero and Benoit the push in WSW that they need. I mean, you know, the likes of them, if they was to go up against Pete Dunne or, you know, um, Tyler Bate or something like that, you know, they'd have some absolute classic matches. Them in NXT would be fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah. Well, they broke the mould when they made those. And even with Rey Mysterio, you know, even though he's in a god-awful feud at the moment, it's just a talent 
yeah, even who's Dude Guerrero is just such a great talent as well, and he's performed uh, brilliant in this match. You've seen it before. As Eddie takes him down, he's definitely not looking for the crowd's approval. Even though the crowd's just jumping around like idiots, not actually invested in the match. I think it's Dollar Beer Night at the Suva Silvers. And there's a sign in the crowd, no limit equals no talent, rap is crap. <laughs> and now Eddie throws Hoovy into the ropes, but oh, Wheelbarrow Bulldog. Now beautiful head to this takedown. And a beautiful jump out of the way by the referee as well. <clears throat> he is on the move in this match. Irish oh, reversal sends Eddie into a if he comes charging in, gets jumped over the top rope, and then Juice pulls his hair, plants Eddie onto the mat, goes up top. He's calling for the finish now. Drop kick. Oh, and Eddie just rolls to the outside. Juventude flying over the top rope, head first into Eddie, sends him back first into Barricade. Absolutely beautiful leap there by Hoovy, who sends Eddie back in now. Springboard into a kind of corkscrew kick, looking for the Hoovy driver. Well, he's in the ascendancy now, and Eddie's in trouble. Now Eddie with a backslide. Oh, my God, just picks him up. By his neck to a spinning like reverse TKO. Already going up top. Not that you can see the ring because the fans are standing up more interested in being on telly than actually watching the match. And Eddie with a frog splash for free. Wow. But you see the reaction. The crowd are happy that Eddie Guerrero is back. And I think he looked great. Dan, what do you think of the match? Yeah, absolutely brilliant. Eddie Guerrero comes back. Not even an ounce of ring rust on him. Um, definitely deserves more. So does Juventud Guerrero as well. Yeah, without a doubt. You know, really, really good stuff. As Eddie Guerrero returns, let's hope they can use the talent like that in the right way. And talking of talent, it's Prince Ikea versus the Cat. Oh God. Well, we get usual dance and five-second thing before Ikea drop kicks Cat out to the floor. They slug it out with Ikea going to the barricade before it heads back inside. Then now it's an insecurity and a smiling drop for two. Two. Only to have Sonny slip the shoe on Miller's foot. Big kick to the head is enough to end Prince and thankfully get us out there quickly. And our next match is Booker T versus Canyon. Well, Canyon has a tag team title with him. Booker gets one of the biggest pops I've ever heard him get. At least the fans can recognise talent. Well, a neck breaker and leg drucker. Two. But they head outside with Canyon taking over again. Back in again and a surfboard has Booker in trouble. But as usual, the hold doesn't last long. Some suplexes and a slingshot. Get an elbow. Get a two for Canyon. Two. Booker fights up with his usual. Hits some kicks only to have Paige and Bigelow come in for the DQ. Well, again, good stuff for the most part until someone ran in for the DQ. That being said, Booker fighting off the forces of the Triestin and could be a boost for him as long as he doesn't just get back together with Steve Ray to reform a tag team that stopped meaning anything about two years ago. Well, something like a 3D on the title belt leaves Booker laying. And then Gene brings out Piper and Flair with Entourage, of course, for a chat. Well, Piper uses the usual cheap lines about sports team and mentions Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Flair says Buff is a beggar and that he was with Bagwell's girlfriend last night. Buff comes out, gets beat down, and the brawl is on. Actually, make that a match, according to Flair. Good thing he and Piper just happen to be in their wrestling gear, isn't it? And so then we get Buff Bagwell versus Roddy Piper and Ric Flair. Well, Flair tells Bagwell to make the same sounds his girlfriend made last night. The old guys hammer away on Bagwell and throw him to the floor, only to have Anderson get nailed in the face. Buff comes in with a sunset flip for two. Two. And nails all three guys. He slaps a figure four on Flair, but Piper makes a fast save. Some atomic drops have Piper reeling, but he comes back with that double ear clap. 
Piper puts on the sleeper and the crowd just dies. That was almost disturbing. Well, Bagwell fights up and hits Piper low for a slamming flare off the top. Off to Rick, who ducks a drop kick and tries to figure four, but gets rolled up for two. Two. Piper comes back in as Malenko tries to come in and gets stopped by Mickey J. Dean is allowed to be bus partner as Bagwell clotheslines Flair down and makes a hot tag to Malenko. Body breaks up a quick cloverleaf attempt to Dean slaps it on Arn instead. The blockbuster knocks Flair out, but Piper hits Buff with the brass knuckles and puts Flair on top for the pin. Well, so much for Buff's momentum. And by momentum, I mean winning one match after losing every big match he's had for months, of course. But that is a major push in WCW if you're under 38 years old. Piper continues to drag down any matches he's in as his offence would have looked outdated in 1978. Let's chew up, Dan. We've got Nitro Girls. And the tag team titles are on the line. It is Canyon and Diamond Dallas Page versus Conan and Rey Mysterio Jr. Well, why would Canyon work twice tonight when Bigelow's in their corner? Well, Mysterio heads his in Page down, setting up a double tag to Canyon and Conan. Everything breaks down with Conan cleaning house and throwing Mysterio into a Bronco Buster on Page. Canyon comes back with a leg drop between Conan's leg as Bigelow gets in as well. Things settle down with Page hooking a front face lock on Conan. Back to Canyon who misses a moonsault allowing the real hot tag to Mysterio for a springboard seated sent onto Page. Ray dives onto Bigelow again but with better results this time. Everything breaks down boys come in for the DQ. Yes, yet another DQ to mess up what could have been a decent match. Conan and Mysterio have nice chemistry together and putting up against three guys that wanted a good way to make them look like underdogs. Mysterio diving on Big Low over and over again made them look stupid low and slow things down. Well, Benoit, Saturn and the No Limit Soldiers run in for the save to try and validate, validate the latter's pay. And then we move on to our main event, and it is Sting versus Sid Vicious. And uh, we cannot wait for this. And of course, Sting uh, helping out like, Nash, but was he driving a Hummer? Didn't ask those questions. Was it Sid? We just don't know. Do we care? That's what we ask ourselves as well. Who actually got hit? Nash in the limo. Oh, yeah. Exactly. So Well, <laughs> so it was Savage that set him up. Yeah. And then the following, like, six days later, Sting makes his debut. Is it six days later, or was it? Yeah, at the pay-per-view, Sid yeah. returns, yeah. Well, Sid, yeah, makes his return, and yet no one knows who it was that done it. All fingers are pointing to Sid. Yeah, and we don't know what's happened to Rick Steiner. Was it him? Was it him? Well, even when he was abducted last week by Sting, we don't know what's happened to him since. And uh, we don't know where Scott's gone at the moment. We know Goldberg's still filming, but there's a lot of moment in WCW. And Sting's going to get things off of a Woo! A woo! And that hurts Sid's ears, so he has to cover them. And these two men have faced off at pay-per-views in the past for WCW with a world title on the line. Well, I'm glad Sid Vicious makes the effort. I mean, you know, he's got plain black trunks on and black boots, knee pads and an elbow pad. I can't believe people thought, like, oh, what's going to help us out this year? Oh, bringing Sid back. Yeah, I mean, he's money. Oh, Sid is na- nowadays... Yeah. Brock Lesnar. And we team him up with Macho. Makes sense. Oh, yeah. Because of all their friendship, you know? Absolutely. They go back. They minutes, didn't they, with what they know. And Macho's coming out here with Team Madness. He's going to have a little word with Sid. Well, Sid is actually crazy and Macho is mad. So, But what would a conversation between Macho Man and Sid actually sound like, Dan? I mean, would you have any idea? Well, James, I am the ruler 
of the world. Oh yeah, you are, Sid. <laughs> oh yeah, that's slow. Let's go hit a tree. <laughs> I suppose that does sound exactly like that. And Sid's still getting um, advice from Macho. Advice actually might be just start the match. Oh, here we go. And Macho Man, before any action, has got... So he's dragged Sting's leg out, yet there's no DQ. Where the fuck is Nash for the save? Yeah, I think Nash might be... uh, Looking for Rick. Waiting for his moment. Oh, I thought he was looking for Rick Steiner. As Sid now has slowly started on Sting. Oh, he he doesn't, like, help him... Before Sting gets into too much trouble, even though Sting has started on his slow offence. It took him five minutes to land one punch to the chest. Well, one of the worst matches of all time was in your house with Sid Vish- uh, Psycho Sid versus Diesel for the WF title. So let's hope that's maybe why they made it into a tag team match. Because, you know, that's what we want to see, the world title on the line in a tag team match. Is it on the line? It is, yeah. Sid and Macho versus Nash and Sting. So who... Gets the title then. Well, whoever pins the person. So what if Sting was to pin Nash? Well, this is a question WWE asked themselves. And no one cared. No one cared. That looks like a complete cockwomble. I mean, who gets the perm? <laughs> it's a Sid. No one's ever said. It's just people too scared to suggest otherwise. He's like, I want a perm. <clears throat> you can imagine Sid snap backstage with the curlers in. <laughs> when is my match? So far in his 10-minute match, Sid has hit five moves. One of them being a punch to the heart. About four times it takes him five minutes each punch. Another one is running from one side of the ring to the other just to kick Sting in the back of the head. And now Sting's actually turning this thing up with a bit of fast offence but runs into an arm from Sid. But is this better than Hogan being in the main event as we've seen the past couple of years? Well, it's just one of these things. It's like, we don't want Hogan in the main event, but now after seeing Sid, you're like, oh, please give us Hogan. <laughs> don't care how many back rakes he does. I want him back. Well, it's Sid, he's got Sting in all sorts of trouble. Well, we could have, you know, someone like fucking Eddie Guerrero versus Chris Benoit in a main oh, event yeah, for the you're title. A I mean, dreamer. Oh, no. Sting, again, with his another one of his long running offences that gets in the corner, hung up on the top turnbuckle. And Sting just coming in, kicking and splashing away, and now Macho comes in. And that will be a DQ. One, two, <laughs> three, four, five. <laughs> what are six, you counting? Seven, eight, nine. Where's Nash? Ten. <laughs> I thought you Kevin Nash. Eleven. I thought you were doing how many DQs we've seen in the past 12, two nitros. Oh, no. Thirteen. And now here we go. It's going to be powerbomb time. There you go. 19 seconds, and it wasn't even Sting, it was Luger. <laughs> what the fuck's Luger doing out here? Well, where's Lex Luger been? And it's Kevin Nash. Wasn't Kevin Nash Lex Luger? Or was Rick Steiner being played by Lex Luger? Yeah. Rick Steiner's gone missing, Luger's come back. Don't trust Luger with a chair, though, around Sting. Oh, my God. I mean, apart from Sting, it would be the worst match possible. Switch Sting with Hogan. Where's Nash? And where's Nash? Where's the world champ? <clears throat> Apparently he doesn't trust Sting. Ah. And what was that that Savage just said, James? <laughs> uh, Macho said that Luger and Sting, you might have the more victory here tonight, but you still be losers, and we won't stop, me and Sid, until you are statistic and victimised. Uh, oh, yeah. And then he puts down the mic. And he says, and Sid says, you can't do a damn thing about it. 
Inaudible, inaudible, inaudible. And Sting's got two words for you. Suck it. All right, well, put over another wrestling promotion. What a fantastic episode of Nitro, Dan. <laughs> Where? What, the next one? Well, let's hope the next one, the last one, June 28th, episode 197. And we're at the United Center in Chicago, Illinois. The attendance is 16,210. Commentators are Tony Schiavone and Bobby the Brain Heenan. Well, we've got two shows left before Bash at the Beach, and the big story tonight is Ric Flair having some sort of big surprise for world champion Kevin Nash. The last week of shows was better than the stuff they've been putting out lately, although that doesn't really cover much. You can never tell what sort of nonsense they're going to get on to, so here we go. So, who was driving the Hummer then? We still don't know. We have no idea. Well, the Flares arrive with the owner of the United Centre, Bruce MacArthur. And he offers to build a statue of David Flair, bigger than the one of Michael Jordan. And then we get Nitro Girls. And it is Nash versus Flair tonight. David Flair, that is. Well, our first match is Benoit and Saturn versus Finlay and Regal. And this is Fallout from Thunder when Regal returned and yelled at Finlay and Dave Taylor, who is on the floor for this one. And it's weird, Stephen Regal, because wasn't he the man's man in WF just a couple of months ago? And now he's back in WCW again, not nothing happened. He's one of those fused dudes. <laughs> that is just kind of like, oh, he's always been in WCW. No, wait a minute. Didn't no. he start off in WCW, go to WWF, become the man's man, come back as Stephen Regal, then he goes again quite soon, doesn't he? Yeah, I mean, in, I think, 2000, he's, he's back in, in WWF. So, you know, Regal was, I guess, held in quite high regard in that way. And coming out with Finlay as and well. During the invasion angle, doesn't he jump ship again to WCW? Yeah, he's the, he's the uh, commissioner for WWF and then costs Kurt Angle the match with Stone Cold Steve Austin. Who then joins WCW. But Kurt Angle But there's an interesting with the WWF title, isn't there? There is, yes. Oh, would you like me to share it? Yes, please. Well, Austin has only won the title on Raw or WrestleMania. And that is amazing. Amazing statistic that we didn't know about as Austin goes for the WF title on Raw when we go over to the WRF. So we'll find out what happens. But what a great tag team match we're going to start off with. Absolutely, yeah. You know, uh, Fit Finlay uh, and William Regal with Dave Taylor in the corner. And again against Chris Benoit and Saturn, you know, again, four talents that, I don't know about you, but I hold them all in high regard. Without a doubt, these are guys that could definitely go further along the card. Just quite good hands anyway. One thing that disappoints me, there's only one singlet. Oh yeah, to be fair, Finley rocking it out here. And Regal's basically got the gear on his later day run in uh, WF now. Yeah, so he kind of dropped the hard hat and yeah. He was just like, I bet I like these purple trunks. Drop the hard hat and the best wrestling theme ever. Yeah, uh, that will be missed. Now it's Finlay and Benoit and Finlay's going to go after the arm. His name is Finlay and he loves to fight. I bet you £10 or 10 bonus points the Hornswoggle is under the ring. Now, Whether we see him or not. No, I can't, I can't. If we don't see him. We don't know that he's not there. Exactly. And Benoit takes Finlay down after having the arm worked on the shoulder block. Still showing he's got power in that. Benoit Saturn came ever so close to winning the tag team titles at Great American Bash, and now they're going to look to try and reclaim the spot again. But like we say, these two men could go in for the US title, or maybe even the world title if it wasn't surrounded by all these old geezers. Absolutely, yeah. <clears throat> Benoit with a side headlock now, taking Finley out. Finley doing what he can to fight out of it, though. Irish whip. 
goes between the legs of Finlay, but Finlay catches him with a clothesline. Here we go to the advert, and then we're back in. Well, Saturn's in now. And Finlay with his, uh, what's that called? Rolling senton. The rolling senton. And Perry Saturn's got a nice plaster across the back of his heed. And now it's Dave Taylor on the outside with a British flag. And he's choking out Perry Saturn. And just cracks him across the chest with his flag pole stick. And that just waves the Union Jack. To a chorus of boos from the fans. Now Finley and Saturn trading blows. Oh. Close on Saturn down. Two. No, only a two count. Two. We want Regal. Now Finley hangs Saturn up on the top rope and you get what you want. Regal gets the tag in. He starts kicking away at Saturn. <laughs> Regal's such a dick. Uh, Regal there just showing his flexing. A little bit of a strut. He's quite a husky fellow though, isn't he, James? Yeah, he's got a little bit of weight on him. But you can just see his constant movement as well with the forearms and knees. Great bit of British wrestling there. It's just a pressure point, so Regal knows exactly what to go after. And a forearm shot and a palm strike. I should reverse by Saturn. And a belly-to-belly overhead suplex. And Saturn, not sure where he is. Regal gets to Finlay. Saturn, wrong corner. Scoop slam from Finlay. He's just playing and simply drops the elbow across the chest. Goes for the cover. Only a two count. Two. European uppercut from Finlay. And then just took Benoit to bring him in. That allows Regal to get involved and just clocks Saturn across the jaw with a huge left. Because William Regal is a southpaw, isn't he? Without a doubt. One of the most, I think, famous in wrestling as Finlay now applies to his sleeper to Saturn. Saturn managing to get out of it and push Finlay away. Gets a turn on. And it's Regal getting the referee to go to Benoit. And then Regal gets the flag stick off Dave Taylor, cracks it across the back of Saturn for a cover, but no, Saturn managing to kick out. Ah. Oh, bent the flagpole, but Saturn's still in this and now looking for the tag. So is Regal looking for a tag from Finlay as well. Both men get tags in. And Benoit, a fresher of all these four, all these, the other three. And he goes to work on both Finlay and Regal. Kicks Irish whips. He's close on takedown to Regal. And Benoit means business. Snap suplex. And looks set to go up top. Benoit looks like an absolute killer here tonight as he's going up for the diamond headbutt. Bang, hits its mark. Takes down... Finley on his way in. The Regal breaks it up. Drop toehold to Saturn. And now he's looking for the Regal stretch. But Benoit breaks it up. Dave Taylor and he gets knocked down by Benoit. Both men turn their attention to Finley. And uh, they're just beating off the British brawlers. A pokes the eye now. Finley. Going to try Irish here and Regal. Ah, well, it doesn't work. They tried sending uh, Saturn into Benoit. But Saturn with a Death Valley driver. And the three on Regal. And he gets the job done. And Benoit and Saturn are the two guys who win. That wouldn't expect at least four to have anything bad. I mean, Regal's every bit as awesome as he used to be. With every little hill mannerisms I only get from a veteran. It's nice to see Benoit and Saturn get a win to help up their match at the bash. Because they probably don't have much of a chance. There. But one to DJ Ran. And then um, Van Hammer comes in to see the bosses and like a title shot. His reward, a TV title shot against Rick at the pay-per-view. Well, Gene brings out the bosses minus Piper for some reason. Why Anderson has changed his clothes since the last segment isn't really clear. Flair rips on the crowd with the old standard sports lines before Piper comes out and does exactly the same. Piper rips on Howard Stern, his weekly story that most people don't care about. Apparently the power structure around here won't let Rick be the world champion again, so David is going to have to do it in his place. The title match is happening tonight, and it's going to be a lumberjack match. This brings Flair to Randy Savage who he'd like to see out here right now. Savage, Sid and the girls come out and Flair wants them all to be Lumberjack. 
Rick sweetens the pot by offering to reinstate the elbow. Little Nate protests and is basically told to shut up. Savage rambles a lot before accepting. Lodi teaches Lenny Lane to paint his nails. Lenny asks when WWE's going to find out about them, but Lodi says they're not the only ones, Lodi. You got me, babe, and I got you. Okay, well, (laughs) our next match is Lodi versus Eddie Guerrero. Uh, Yeah, so Eddie pounds away to start, but Lodi sends him into the referee in less than 30 seconds. Then he comes in and gets dropkicked down as Eddie arm drags Lodi into the same time. A brain buster plants Lodi and Eddie loads up the fog splash only to have Lenny crawl on top of Lodi. That's fine with Eddie who splashes Lenny's back and pins Lodi. Well, Tori, David and Piper are in the back and recruit the triad to be Lumberjacks. And then we get DJ Ran. Followed by the Nitro Girls. And here's Hack to ask fans if they want to see him get extreme. Remember that Flair band hardcore matches on Thunder a few weeks back? Hack wants Flair out here now but gets Bigelow instead. So it's Bam Bam Bigelow versus Hack. Uh, not that it matters, as Hack misses a swanton but comes back with a swinging DDT. Cue the rest of the triad, but Hack nails him with a stick and gives Bigelow the white Russian leg sweep. Paige comes in for the diamond cut to give Bigelow the pin. So now it takes three people to beat Hack. I'm not sure why they bothered to get rid of the hardcore matches, as it leaves guys like him to try and work a regular match, which isn't going to happen. You hit a nice DDT, and that's about the extent of wrestling Hack seems capable of doing. Why sign him if you're going to think people like seeing him do? Well, here's Nash with something to say. WWE still doesn't want him as champion and his only friends at home in Orlando. However, he'll put up the top tonight with the stipulation... Stipulation. ...that if he wins, he gets Tory for 72 hours. He doesn't need a week, uh, you see, because after 72 hours of him, Tory will be ruined. And it's DJ Ran again. And then the NWA versus the West Texas... Sure, why not? This would be Stevie, Vincent and Brian Adams and Horace... It's Barry versus Adams to start, with Wyndham slapping him in the face. And Andrag sets up a DDT from Barry, but Adams presses him into the air, only to have Barry slip out and roll him up for two. Two. Off to Henning versus Stevie, with a big man running over Kurt and stomping away in the corner. Well, Bobby kicks Horace in the face, but Adam trips him up, allowing for the hot tag to Vincent. Everything breaks down, and double bulldog to Vincent is enough for the pin. Who the fuck books an eight-man all-hill tag match? The NWO hasn't wrestled together in months, and I have no idea why they're even a thing anymore. The Rednecks are an interesting idea, and the song is incredibly catchy, even though booking them as heels isn't a good idea. It helps that we didn't have to hear Masterpiece shouting like an idiot this week, though. Well, time for a dance contest between Disco Inferno and Ernest Miller. The Nitro Girls are judges to try and make this not horrible. Scratch that, as we're going to be by fan applause making the girls pure eye candy. Miller says he could beat Jerry Flynn too, like he sent up a run-in. Ernest does his usual routine, Disco does his usual routine, Miller jumps Disco, and we've got the match. Yes, and it is the Cat versus Disco Inferno. Disco is in trouble to start, but makes a quick comeback with an atomic drop, and dancing middle rope elbow. Cat comes back with the chops and kicks before sending Disco outside Sunny. Back in and Disco hits a chart buster out of nowhere. Well, no, James. A chart buster doesn't come out of nowhere because there's only one thing that happens out of nowhere. But then he takes Rever to cover. Allowing Sonny to come in. That goes badly for Cat 2 as Sonny hits his man but slips him the red shoe. Miller knocks out. Miller knocks Disco sillier. But Jerry Flynn runs out for the no contest. Um, Flynn wants a kickboxing match with Miller next week. We just spent five minutes setting up a kickboxing match with Jerry Flynn. This show is shit. 
And it is DJ Ran. And then the tag team titles, Buff Bagwell and Dean Malenko versus the Jersey Triad. Flair and company come out to the announcer's table and announce Anderson as referee for the main event tonight because he's still not over the NWO parody of his retirement. Well, Bigelow starts on the floor as Malenko rolls up pace with some fast two counts. Two-two. After Bagwell versus Canyon with Canyon mocking Buff's stance in a funny bit. Buff now has a quick atomic drop and a swing and net break. Dean, Malenko sunset flips Canyon, but Page gets a blind tag and now's Dean to take over. Bigelow comes in for a three-on-one beatdown with Canyon hitting the middle rope leg drop for two. Two. <laughs> Page gets the same off a turtle whirl slam and we take a break. Back with Page, clotheslining Malenko for two. Two. Only to have Dean escape, hit a tilt well slam and make the hot tag to Buff. He then cleans house with a, on the legal can, grabs his leg to break up the blockbuster. Bigelow and Canyon take turns and Buff before it's off to pay for an elbow drop. Buff crawls around the ring but finally grabs a sunset flip for two. Two. Malenko tags himself in but the referee goes down quickly. Everything breaks down and Buff blockbusters Canyon only to have Bigelow come in for the double diamond cutter to pin Dean. We'll take pretty much every triad match so far and you have the same thing here. The young team gets beaten down again. The old guys rule the day and the fan ribs again. That's basically WCW in a nutshell at this point. As the young guys continue to look like nothing next to the veterans. Well, we get the world premiere of that I Hate Rap video. This is still awesome and Kurt Henning is still the only West Texas redneck from Minnesota. Which, as we found last week, is the actual opposite end of Texas in the US. But, you know, we just... But it is Sid Vicious versus Scott. I really don't see this going well. Sid has Savage and all three girls with him and takes nearly two minutes to two. get to the ring. The bell rings and there are no contact for over a minute. The girl gets on the apron and the, girls the guys haven't touched each other in the first 90 seconds. The girls keep Roman Scott back from the apron until Sid finally hits him after nearly two minutes. In the span of another minute, Sid hits him about five times while the fans are very bored. A snapmare puts Putsky turns into Goldberg. The choke slam plants Scott, but Sid would rather walk around than cover. The powerbomb finally ends it after nearly five minutes. If we're going to try and go out there and piss off the fans, they've exceeded at something for the first time in months. This was a match that should have lasted 30 seconds, but instead stood, stood around and yelled for minutes at a time after having the longest entrance this side of Randy Orton. Why even bother with the match at this point? Savage and Sid say Nash is next and Randy drops an elbow on Putski. Somehow from the time Scott's music hits to the time they went from to break was 10 minutes long. Does that look like a 10 minute segment to you? Then we get Nitro Girls. And it is the world title match. It is Flair versus Nash. But David Flair. Yeah, and it's a lumberjack match with Arn Anson as a referee and Savage, Sid, the girls, open a triad around the ring. And David has even one of his dad's robes for a nice touch. So David Flair calls a premier athlete, a bit like Tony Nice in action. Could he become world champion just like his old man here tonight? We shall see. It's going to be a long match. That's the end of the... Arn Anderson holds the belt high, calls for the bell. And here we go. Nash versus David the ring as he gets as Nash gets surrounded by Savage and Sid and Paige and Canyon and Bam Bam and it's a huge beat down but Nash fighting these guys off now like you said Piper Bam Bam Sid Canyon Macho Man these five guys that seems like it was just a huge setup. you got Rick and David as well let's not forget about Arn Anderson 
course, Little Nature's well, and it's just a huge beatdown. Now Sid comes in to just yell at Nash. Well, they're desperate for either Sting or Goldberg. And Macho just spitting at Nash. And Arn Anderson might not be able to see anything. Here comes Flair now as well. And David is going to go pin. No. Figure four time. One. Two. Oh. David nearly become the WCW World Heavyweight Champion. Well, he was inches away there. Now Nash fighting back. Nash backing David up in a corner. And the fans throwing stuff into the ring. And not because they're happy about it. Why David Flair does deserve to be in a title match? Well, I don't know. And Nash tells Flair to suck it as he takes out his son. So we've had, I've got two words for you segment. And then Nash telling everyone to suck it. And now Nash taking out Flair. And they tell him to get up as the Irish whipped. Big boot from Nash. And now Arn Anderson tries to attack Nash. And there's everything. And Nash is fighting off about nine guys at the moment. <clears throat> Big right hand's taking Sid out. David Flair's got a taser. And Nash takes it off him and just uses it on everyone. And Kevin Nash has taken out all his men. Now he's got gorgeous George. And Macho getting tased. Tori's quite happy to walk out with Nash. (laughs) Well, Nash isn't happy with just Tori. He wants to freeze up with her and George. And Nash taking out all those men and walking out with a girl. Oh, my God. All right, so let's have a look at the last half hour of the show. We have a 10-minute Sid versus Scott Putsky match, and Kevin Nash fighting on getting to leave with two gorgeous blondes. I'm sure the latter had nothing to do with him being the booker whatsoever at this point. Well, over on Raw, Austin was facing The Undertaker for the WWF title in the highest-rated match in the history of Monday Night Raw. This felt like WCW was actively trying to lose... And that isn't a good sign as we head into the second half of the year. Oh, wait a minute. The Hummer was there and it was Sting's face in the Hummer as Nash gets... And was it Sting that was driving the Hummer? Or was it someone wearing a Sting mask? And Sid is holding Nash's title belt. Well, with so many unanswered questions, what have you thought of Nitro this month, Dan? Um, well, I thought, where the hell is Rick Steiner? And who the hell was driving that Hummer? And that is about it. Yeah, I know. I mean, Nitro's been terrible this week. Well, this month, uh, I think it just shows, you know, uh, how bad it has been. With uh, our best match was probably the eight-man tag team match. And uh, apart from that, the main event scene is absolutely shocking. Anywho, we jumped ship to the WF and we just found out Vince McMahon was a greater power. So Austin was CEO. So let's find out what happens on Raw, and it's June 14th, and it's episode 316. I mean, who'd have thunk it? <laughs> but we open with a recap of last week's events, followed by a look at what Vince put his family, mainly Stephanie, even back then through, to stick it to Austin. But Austin has officially taken over Vince's corporate parking spot. We get the opening sequence. And earlier today, Austin went to the corporate headquarters after telling a bunch of people with rule bows to hang on a second. He goes in to talk to his secretary. He's not happy with how she answers the phone. And it wants to be, who the hell is this and what the hell are, what the hell do you want? Austin shows her how it's done and tells wherever it is that he's fired 
Vince. She can barely keep from laughing and likes a new direction. Well, here's the corporate ministry. It's with its more than 10 members for a chat. And Vince couldn't believe that there could be anything worse than Steve Austin as a WWF champion. But now he's a WWF CEO. Last week was supposed to be the culmination of three months of the greatest plan in history of the company. But sometimes plans go awry. Ignore the fact that the bottle off Austin and have Vince in control, which was already the case three months ago. Well, there are some who think the corporate ministry is going to dissolve, but that's not happening tonight. They're setting their sights on the future, starting at the King of the Ring. Austin has challenged Vince and Shane to a handicap match, so the man's accept, albeit with a stipulation. Stipulation. They've been debating various things, and Vince likes a dog pound match. What's a dog pound match, then, Vince? What are you going to do? Well, that would be a dog collar match, wouldn't it? And we're going to see one tonight between Roddy Gunn. Well, Shane thinks King of the Ring is like David versus Goliath. So let's have a David versus Goliath match tonight with X-Pac versus Big Show. As for the handicap idea, let's have the Acolytes versus Kane. Vince has one more idea for the Austin match, a blind date match, which means a blindfolded match between Test, blindfolded, versus Big Boss Man, who will be able to see clearly. Or maybe King of the Ring should be a straitjacket match. We can pre- preview that in the straitjacket against Jeff Jarrett. That's J-E-double-F-J-A-double-R-E, double T. Well, this brings out Pat Patson and Gerald Briscoe with Pat asking why Vince is going so nuts over Stephanie, Patson's goddaughter, dating Test. This brings out Pat Patson and Gerald Briscoe with Pat asking why Vince is going so nuts over Stephanie, who's Patson's goddaughter, dating Test. Pat says Vince and Shane can go to hell, and Briscoe tells them to get their own coffee on the way. So in a match against Midian and Viscera, my goodness, this is the Russoist opening segment Russo has ever put together. How many gimmick matches were just thrown together by the Evil Hill stable who were in cahoots this whole time? All right, now watch your tongue over my fucking Twitter, mate, Vince, all right? Or I'll fucking spank you. Well, we get a debut of The Rock's Chef Boyardee ad. Back in the office, Austin meets but has them all bringing beer. One tells him that there's a board meeting in five minutes, but he doesn't like board games. And it is Road Dog versus Billy Gunn. It's a dog pal match, which is a dog collar match under a different name because it makes Russo think he's smart. Dog is ready to fight, but his gun in a net brace, which JR says he didn't see earlier today. The threat of Kane coming out scares Gunn enough to reveal that he was faking. That would be a 10-second angle. So Gunn decks Dog in the face with the chain and chokes him over the ropes. Another chain to the head gets two. Two. Despite the bell actually never ringing. Dog, the only one with the collar on, punches away and gets in a chain shot of his own. But here's for the save. A chain to Dog's crutch is enough to set up the famous half for the pin. Gimmick with a different name. Fake injury. Not adhering to the rules. Interference. Low blow for the win. Why, yes, it is 19-9. Well, post-match, China chokes with the chain and leaves Dog laying. Oh, and then Gun pulls down his pants to reveal the thong, because it's funny, I guess. And Shamrock arrives and is told that he'll be chaperoned by cops. Well, we look back at last week's Rock vs. Triple H cast match with the Undertaker running in and beating the Rock down. Here's Rock. It's so strange to hear something other than if you smell at the start of his song for a chat. Rock talks about Undertaker coming out here and rolling his eyes back in his head. Is that supposed to impress Rock? What would really impress him is a title match with Undertaker at King of the Ring. Well, the Rock tells Undertaker what he can do with his head and eyes, but as Undertaker with Paul Bearer holding the mic for him to say that sing a long time is over. The match is on and the rhyme time is over. Since that's too easy, here are Vince and Shane to say, hang on a minute, Vince thinks the only electrifying thing about Rock are his shirts, 
So Rock has to win a non-title match tonight to earn the shot. What in the world was scheduled for this show coming in? That's what five matches announced tonight. <laughs> well, we're still not done yet. As Shane says, there will be a stipulation for the match, which we will find out five minutes before it starts. In other words, they probably don't know what it was yet, and Russo needs to invent something brilliant, bro, to make it great. Well, Jeff Jarrett, that's T, and Deborah are walking through the back when someone runs by carrying a chain. This seems to have nothing to do with... And we get a women's title match. It's Ivory versus Deborah. Well, Deborah is defending with Jarrett ringside. They waste no time in starting the catfight, and JR admits that it wouldn't be any good. Cue Nicole Bass less than 10 seconds in, and Ivory chokes with his scarf. Deborah does it as well, so Jarrett gets on the apron for no logical reason, allowing Bass to chokeslam Deborah, giving Ivory the pin and the title. Well, back at headquarters, Austin throws out copies of a magazine about himself and beer. He fires the vice president for looking stupid and replaces him with a mailroom clerk. His new job? Having a beer ready for Austin on demand. Austin meets his computer guy, but we're going to have a beer drinking contest. Straight out of Austin's briefcase full of beer. He's going to leave now, and if you're standing when he gets back, you still have a job. Well, during the break, Patson tried to leave, but Briscoe told him to stay and fight. And it is Test versus the Big Bossman. Well, Test, Test, that is Test, is blindfolded, and Big Bossman isn't. You get the idea. Bossman hits him, Test can't see. A tackle takes Bossman down. A nightstick shot disqualifies Bossman less than a minute in. And post-match, Stephanie comes in to call Bossman off and he relents. Well, Austin went into Human Resources and found a guy in an Austin tie. He sends all the specialists off to get him a beer and tells the guys to read the magazine, an orientation manual, because he might come back for a quiz. Maybe a question like, what does Austin 316 mean? The guy knows what it means, so he gives charisma lessons and they go off for further adventures. And it is the David versus Goliath match. It is X-Pac versus The Big Show. But believe it or not, there's not actual stipulation. Stipulation. It is a big show, and he says this isn't happening. X-Buck says, yes, it is, because he's a man who fights for a living. A single kick hands X-Buck a trip to the floor, and here's Kane less than 10 seconds in. Kane takes X-Buck's place, but X-Buck wants to do it. That earns him a right hand from Kane, but X-Buck uh, kicks him down as well. Kane knocks show to the outside, and then show just walks away as if it was a segment instead of a match. Well, Shamrock gets put in a straitjacket and promises to beat everyone up who put him in. And then we get a recap of all the Austin shenanigans in the office. Then we get a recap of the opening segment. And now it's Ken Shamrock versus Jeff Jarrett. Yes, and it is a non-title match with Shamrock in a straitjacket. So here come the cops out with Shamrock. And uh, we saw Jeff Jarrett's involvement last week in the Lions' Den match, stopping him from attacking him. Joe, I wonder if uh, Double J is motivated by money from McMahon and anything else but there can be no other reason can there really absolutely not no out <laughs> of uh, everybody they could have used and now Shamrock is in trouble I was just looking at these uh, cops seeing if I recognise any of them and he can't hit himself in the head so he just screams on the stairs and I like mine Ken Shamrock is that one of Mick Foley's straight jackets <laughs> I'm not sure where they got it from Shamrock just trying to kick away I think Double Joe's just got to avoid it for now this is Shamrock's retribution match. Well, Shamrock went for the kick, but Jarrett took him down. And whilst he was down, Shamrock grabbed a leg, but Jarrett managed to get to that bottom rope. Another double leg takedown, but Shamrock's trying to lock in a triangle. Jarrett backs up to the ropes and forces yet another break. Oh, <laughs> a lovely drop tie hold by Shamrock. He's got a leg lock locked in, but a thumb to the eye, and it soon breaks Shamrock's hold on him. And now Jarrett with a kick to Shamrock. I don't know how he can recover from this. <laughs> 
And had a point in the elbow by Jack right into Shamrock. He can't put his arms up to defend himself. Shamrock barely able to get up to his feet without Jarrett just kicking away at him. Now Timmy White trying to get some separation. But Shamrock with a shoot takedown and a running leg lariat. Now Shamrock is choking out Jarrett. And Shamrock gets the victory <laughs> over Jeff Jarrett without even using his fucking arms. Well, that makes the Intercontinental title look incredibly weak. But Shamrock is dangerous and he's not releasing it. Timmy White's waving the keys in front of Shamrock. Uh, oh! And McMahon punches the referee. Takes the keys and just <laughs> runs off out of there. Well, Shamrock in a straight jacket is still the world's most dangerous man. Shamrock just going nuts, kicking the shit out of the stairs and shoulder blocking them. Well, on GTV, Billy Gunn is getting a certain area shaved, but there's a blemish. No one can know about it. I'm sure someone found this hilarious. Well, James, it is time for probably one of the most greatest tag team matches in all of WWF history. It is Pat Patterson and Gerald Briscoe versus Midian and Viscera. Well, this to Real American gets me every time. They both grab chairs, but here's the Mean Street posse to lay them out. Midian and Viscera come in for the big beatdown. Austin goes to accounting and wants to see some numbers. There are some losses, mainly due to things Austin has done over the years. Some of Vince's salary is going to Mick Foley for medical bills, and Shane's salary is now the beer budget. <laughs> and then our next match, tag team titles, it's Kane versus the Acolytes. And Kane is challenging on his arts on the floor, with Kane sending Farouk inside, where Bradshaw has to make a save. Bradshaw comes in and takes a side slam, followed by a top rope clothesline. They head outside, with Kane being sent into various things before pummeling him inside. Farouk gets caught by the throat, but Bradshaw gets in some chair shots, setting up a belly-to-back suplex neckbreaker combination for the pin. Well, how bad is that? Is that this was the best match of the night? They didn't have much time, but they had more than a minute and a half, and there was no stupid gimmick to make the whole thing waste of time. At least they didn't have the champs lose clean either, which is more than Jarrett can. Well, post-match, X-Pac comes in to save Kane from a worse beating. And Austin has Manuel brought into Vince's office to improve the smell. Here are Vince and Shane to take issue with the menorah and announce the stipulation. At King of the Ring, we're going to take the combined power from all three of them and hang it above the ring for a ladder match. As for tonight, rock stimulation will have to wait as here's a free shamrock to suplex Shane and send Vince running. Well, during the break, Vince left the arena. And it is Undertaker versus The Rock. Well, hang on though, as we have a stipulation. It is Undertaker versus The Rock is Triple H. But it is non-title and they waste no time with a double teaming with Rock being sent outside and over the announce table. Back in the Undertaker punches away for two. Two. As we're waiting on the issues of the interference Rock's right hands don't get him very far and the jumping needs to face cuts him off again. They fell out the rump with Rock punching away to Little Vale but the Undertaker uppercuts him down. Upper what's him? Well it's back to ringside as Rock gets double teamed in even more and this time with some stumps from Triple H. More right hands set up the old school, but Triple H accidentally crutches the Undertaker because stand over there is too complicated and gets catapulted into the corner. Naturally, that's a ref bump in a DQ match, but the Undertaker's back in with a choke slam. Well, the rock pops, pops up and sends them into each other, setting up a rock bottom and a people's elbow, knocking Triple H off the apron in the process for no count. Another referee comes in for two. Two. With China making the save. The first referee counts two. Two. With Triple H making... And now here we go, the Undertaker going to the ropes. Oh, but China accidentally trip, trips him. And the Rock clotheslines the Undertaker outside. Who lands on his feet and grabs China by the throat. And Triple H notices it now, grabs hold of the Undertaker. 
The Undertaker hangs up Triple H on the top rope. Walks right into the rock bottom. One, two, three. And The Rock gets a double total opportunity against The Undertaker. I mean, Dan, what do you think of that? Um, yeah, you know, it is a good way to kind of protect the champion, but still give Rock the uh, the match. Is there any distinction between Triple H and The Undertaker? No, I think this is a question we've got to ask, because Charlie and Undertaker are arguing right now. And, oh, Triple H getting Undertaker from behind. Now, the two guys who've guessed in charge of the corporate ministry going at it. And Triple H getting the better of The Undertaker until they have to be pulled apart by uh, the Acolytes and the rest of the corporate ministry. Oh, my God. And there was trouble there. And Triple H's not finished yet. But that is raw. But it was just a brawl for That's not enough to really make it insane that work. You knew The Rock was going to win here. But I'm not sure if you if you like the lack of interference or general screwiness or not. But it's nice to see Saint actually go a little bit calmer. It was expected the whole way and then never went down. That's a little disappointing. Well, post-match, Undertaker yells at China. So Triple H steps in and a fight ends the show. Mm. So not a bad end of Raw, but moving on to the next one, June 21st, and it's episode 317. Well, it is Pyramid in Memphis, Tennessee. The attendance is 15,757, and your commentators are JR and Jerry the King. There's a go-home show for the King of the Ring, and that doesn't exactly get have me instilled with confidence. You never know what you're going to get around here, and Steve Austin, the CEO, isn't going to make things much better. Hopefully you get more than a one match to break five minutes this week, but there's no guarantee. Let's get to it. Well, here are last week's results if you need a recap. Well, we open a recap at the end of last week's show with Rock beating Triple H and the Alt Shot King the Ring. The corporate ministry is imploding, mainly due to a series of incidents that could only happen because the script says so. Well, we get the opening sequence. And here, Triple H in China to open things up. Triple H wastes no time. Wants John Taker out here for a fight right now. Cue a ticked-off Taker and Paul Bearer who don't call out without expecting an answer. Vincent Mann is right there with a the corporate ministry, though, and violence is cut off. This is when everyone here, plus Aust- this is what everyone here, plus Steve, want. Well, Vince polls the fans are wanting to see the two of them fight tonight, but that's not happening. Since that's not the case tonight, let's talk about Sunday, when China will be crowned king, queen of the ring. Vince talks about how you can't always get what you want, like The Rock not being able to get the WWF title this Sunday. As for the new CEO, Austin is willing to put his powers up in the ladder match. The McMahons know a bit about climbing the corporate ladder, and that's what the ladder, and that's the ladder Austin will be at the bottom of after Sunday. Well, this brings out Austin with a ladder and the briefcase for the beer. Having been a seat on top of the ladder and some generic insults, Austin promises to win the rough title again. Austin promises violence on Sunday and throws in a bonus stipulation. Stipulation. If any member of the corporate ministry interferes on Sunday, he's in full control. Vince makes it no holds barred, meaning interference is allowed because Vince and Shane Man say so, even if Shane didn't talk. Well, now it's Commissioner Shawn Michaels rising up through the stage. Huh? To say someone has to have a level head around here. And before he can make a decision, though, he needs a cup of coffee. So here are his new associates, Pat Patterson and Gerald Briscoe. We can't just have people throwing stipulations around tonight, so we'll have a match between Austin and a member of the corporate ministry to decide if interference is allowed with Sean explaining the stipulations all over again. Well, Vic picks the un- Vince, Vince, Vince picks the Untaker, but Sean says he's booked. Same with pick of Triple H, because the Untaker is defending the title against Triple H tonight. They finally settle on the big boss man, so Sean makes himself guess referee. 
Austin promises violence to finally end this segment after a stupid amount of twists and turns. There should be a month's worth of, and hang on, because Michaels isn't done. Well, tonight it is Patterson and Briscoe versus the McMahons to really end this. This felt very long, and it would have made me change the channel to Nitro back in the day. Just had it stuck with a 20-minute open. Good grief, it's still going. Vince sends the corporate ministry, save for Viscera to plot the convenience after the Stooges. So here's Ken Shamrock through the crowd to chair Viscera in the back in an attempt to get to Vince. I mean, that was too long, but moving on. And it is Jeff Jarrett, that's J-E-F-F-J-A-R-R-E-T-T, and Deborah, and they argue with Sean that they can't wrestle tonight because they're not in their gear. Well, Sean doesn't care. Well, Vince and Sean rally the troops to guard against Shamrock. Midian says he saw a spare belt in Shane's bag and asked if he can have it. Shane doesn't care. That is the European title. Oh, it is Ken Shamrock versus Test, Test versus Test. It's a good thing Shamrock left the ring and then came back in for this match. Now, you won't believe this, but hang on a second, because something is changing. It is Ken Shamrock versus Test versus Jeff Jarrett. And one more change as per Pat Patterson's announcement. It is Ken Shamrock versus Test versus Jeff Jarrett for the Intercontinental title. Well, Jarrett is defending the challenges double-team Jarrett to start, but getting an argument over who should get the pin, allowing Jeff to come back. Test kicks him in the face, but gets crotched on top. Well, Jarrett breaks up an ankle lock, but here's Steve Blackman with a kendo stick. A shot to the back puts Shamrock down, another to the head knocks him out. Jarrett comes back in and steals the pin to keep his title. And then Blackman left it during the break. And it is The Rock versus Edge. Well, my goodness, this would have been different at another time. Before the match, Rock promises to take a piece of the learning tree and use it for something rather painful on the Untaker. Rock wastes no time in punching him in the face but gets caught with a spin wheel kick. Don't even fucking... <laughs> I'm refusing to talk to you. What is it called? Spinning heel kick. There's no wheels involved in it. Spin heel kick. Closer. Well, the Marvia, the Marvia Hurricane gets a two. Two. And the suplex is good for the same. As the announcers talk about the Stooges being in action tonight. Edge's missile drop kick gets him out of trouble and then he dives into the rock bottom. The people's elbow is good for the pin. But you can't call it as disappointing as Edge was a newcomer at the point and nowhere near a star yet. This is more a footnote that would wind up on an unreleased DVD or something like that, which is perfectly fine. Edge got in some offence and wasn't squashed, but that was all it should have been. Well, post-match, The Undertaker comes in with a tombstone to the rock. And then Triple H tells Vince that he's winning the title tonight. How many times do you think they've had the same chat over the years? <laughs> I'd say about 14 times. And it is Mark Henry versus Viscera. Well, it's a Gorilla Press match because one regular match in a row is enough. This was set up last week on Heat when Viscera crotched Henry against the post. Well, Henry sets him up for a slam but can't turn it over and hurts his back in the process. Viscera misses an elbow, but Henry takes forever going up and gets slammed. Nearly a press down to give Viscera the win. Well, post-match, Viscera goes up top. Oh, shit. But D'Lo runs in for a double slam to leave Viscera laying. Midian runs in with the European title to lay out Brown and Mark Henry. And Beaver Cleavage is ready for a match with Meat tonight, but takes off his hat and says he can't do this. The director shouts, we're live, Chaz, as he walks off. So much for that terrible character. Thank goodness. And up next, it is Big Bossman versus Stone Cold Steve Austin. With Michaels as a special guest referee, and the winner gets the stipulation they want at King of the Ring. Damn it, kid, this tea's Stone Cold. And Austin comes out to a huge ovation here as he stares right at Big Bossman. Crowd. And the winner gets to choose a stipulation, whether it'll be a no-holds-barred, meaning Ministry can come down to the ring, or Ministry is banned, and if they do get involved, 
It hands Austin the victory. And here we go. Austin with the right hands on Bossman already. Hasn't even taken his vest off yet. Big right hand knocking Bossman in the second rope and back. And then Bossman uses that as an escape as he gets thrown against the ring ropes again. Goes underneath and stands outside. And can we um can we have a little chat about Os- uh, Shawn Michaels' shorts? What, the banana smuggling shorts he's wearing? Oh, yeah, I, 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 I guess he's really uh, putting it out there, so to speak. And oh my God, look at that. The man's come down with a ladder, but Austin takes the ladder off him. They run away. And Austin accidentally hits Bossman with the ladder. Michael's saying, don't forget where the ring is. And Austin's saying, of course. As he throws Bossman back in. Austin going out. You don't see it often. Double X handle smashed to the head of Bossman. Goes for the cover. Only a two count. Two. As Vince and Shane continue to bring the ladder back down to ringside. They're trying to cause a distraction and Bossman getting the advantage on his own. He sends Austin over the top rope to the outside. And now Austin grabbing Bossman against the ring post. Wrapping his leg around it. And what are the man's doing? They're setting up the ladder now. And they're on commentary. And oh, Bossman pushing Austin over barricade into the crowd. And they're fighting in the crowd now, Bossman and Austin. There's all the uh, the women nearby are creaming their corn. Well, Shane's on commentary. Austin, uh, Vince, sorry, is up the ladder watching Austin on. And Sean is still wearing them tiny shorts. <laughs> Now Bossman's sending Austin into the announce table, no. Austin blocks it and starts punching away at Bossman and sends him head first into the announce table instead. Oh, Vince, be careful. <laughs> oh, Austin tips the ladder and sends Vince back first onto the announce table. All the monitors and fans were there and he fell into the lap of his son, Shane. Sean Michaels is just taking a seat on the ring steps <laughs> for now. <coughs> Now Austin's got Bossman in. Oh, Irish route reversed. And a huge back elbow from Bossman. Right now, Bossman's got the upper hand on Austin. And Vince is furious. And Michael's saying, no, he's not giving up. Is that the outfit that we saw Shawn Michaels in in that infamous picture of him with Daniel Bryan and Bray Wyatt? It might be. And Big Bossman with a back elbow stopping Austin. And Austin could be in trouble here, but he's not going to submit. Austin fight back. Huge right hands. Gets out of submission. And then double clothesline. Both men down now. And Michaels has called this right down the middle. Yeah, he has been a fair and impartial referee. And Vince is really pissed off on commentary. And now Big Bossman, a big right hand to Austin. Now Bossman goes up to tang up Austin. Gets caught in the second rope. Austin now with a right hand. Rocking Bossman. Irish whip, back elbow reversed. Lufez press. Austin looking up to drop the elbow. One, two, no. Bossman managing to kick out. Oh, Irish whip, going to go for the stunner. No, Bossman pushes him off, delivers a big boot. Bossman. <laughs> and that man's so annoyed, and Michael's telling him, get distracted, Bossman with a nightstick. Austin get... with a stunner. Two, Two, three. Austin gets the victory. The man's can't believe it, but it was fair because Bossman's looking for the advantage. So that means there'll be no corporate ministry interference at King of the Ring. And Midian's got the European title. And they're taking away the Bossman. And JR says the corporate ministry is crumbling. Austin <laughs> wants a microphone. He called Vince the dumb son of a bitch and that's all he had to say about that. But will the McMahons have the last laugh at King of the Ring? Or will Austin raise supreme? We know he's got the stipulations. And it's nice Austin and Sean sharing some beers here. But that's not the end of Raw. We've still got the stuff going up. What was the end then? I was going to move on to the next episode, but no. No, I didn't want uh, Big Bossman in the main event. <clears throat> Well, during the break, the corporate ministry beat the shit out of Big Bossman. Well, and our next match is Val Venus versus Prince Albert. Well, Albert gets a pre-match promo, 
But Val dives onto him anyway. Hard to do while wearing a towel. He even manages to handcuff Albert's buddy Droz to the ring and hits a money shot on Albert before the bell. Albert gets handcuffed to and Val opens Albert's tattooing kit. Albert's tights go down, of course. And guess where Val tattoos him? It's a VV which looks just like a W. No match and quite the retaliation for the forced nose piercing a few weeks ago. Well, our next match is Road Dog X-Pac and Kane versus Acolyte. Hang on though. Does X-Pac wants the Acolytes to put up their tag team titles? Sure. Why not? So it is tag team titles. Road Dog X-Pac, Kane versus Acolytes and Billy Gunn. Well, the Acolytes are defending and it's not clear who exactly is challenging. But we'll see what happens in this match. So I wonder if the big boss man's been uh, discommunicated from the corporate ministry and here come the tag team champions now, the Acolytes. And this should be interesting. They're like the APA, just with weird tattoos on their chests. Mm -hmm. Well, tickets on sale this Friday, Georgia Dome, for Raw. (laughs) (laughs) Well, weren't kind words there for Road Dog saying they always pick out their arse. And Bradshaw and Kane gone to the outside, Billy Gunn and X-Pac fighting. And uh, Road Dog and Farouk are going at it as well. As an Irish whip sends Mr. Ass into the corner. X-Pac looking for the Bronco Buster, but Billy Gunn moves out the way. <clears throat> well, the tag team title's on the line in this crazy matchup with Road Dog and Farouk fighting near the stairs. It's not sure who would get the titles if they were to win. Well, especially with Billy Gunn accepting and Kane and Bradshaw just two big hosses. As Gunn looks to use a title belt, but X-Pac ducks it, hits a spinning heel kick. And now he's calling X-Pac up, but X-Pac busy with Bradshaw. Now he wants Bradshaw in, you crazy bastard. Well, he deposits him to the outside. And now he's going to get the tag team title up. Oh, but he gets famous-ed onto the title. One, two, three. And Billy Gunn wins, and he's he's taking the tag team title with him. And he's, he's Billy Gunn tag team champion now. I guess so, but is it with one of the acolytes or not? Um, yeah. I know. Well, we have a go at Nitro for sometimes not making any sense, and I'm proud you're wondering where title belt gone. Wow. Well, on GTV, Al Snow picks his nose but denies it to head. And a Seattle Seahawks is here, and a Seattle Seahawk is here, and King, what's he doing in Memphis? Well, that is actually a fair question, to be honest. Uh, next match is Big Show versus Hardcore Holly. And it's Fallout from the show. Choke slamming Holly last week on Heat. Of course, there's something to be said before the match with Holly telling Show that he sucks. Holly is tired of hearing how big Show is, so let's make it a hardcore match. Well, Show chops him in it down in the aisles. They go up to the next stage to really go hardcore. They're really in the back for the pre-tape with Holly missing a, a toss of a trash can. They head into the parking lot where Show's shoving a car off a ledge and possibly onto Holly, who is easily pinned. So that happened again in about two minutes. Next, Next segment. <laughs> and it is Pat Patterson and Gerald Briscoe versus Vince and Shane McMahon. Well, the Stooges take them down and are ready to go in a hurry. Vince and Shane take over with rights and lefts in the corner and low blow cuts Patterson off. Cue can Shamrock, so Vince leaves Shane to take the beating. Shamrock chases Vince to the back, but the Mean Street Posse come in with Joey Abs making his debut and Pilmzami's Pilmanizes. Pilmanizes Patterson's ankle, which is finally enough to have the match thrown out. And Briscoe gets his ankle snapped too. Two. And now it's WF World Titles, the Undertaker versus Triple H. Undertaker is defending, and JR describes Triple H as 
a youngster. Uh, they trade big shots in the corner on the clothesline, takes Triple H down for the first two. Two. Old school connects, but the Undertaker comes up holding his knee. What coincidence, Triple H blocks him down and cannonballs down onto the knee, but an unintentional China distraction causes Triple H to get pulled outside. Well, they slug it out on the ramp for a bit before heading back inside to continue the punching. You know what passes for wrestling around here. Undertaker's knee is wrapped around the post as Triple H is trying to make this match. We hit the figure four until Undertaker sits up, grabs him by the float for the choke slam. a la Giant versus Ric Flair. Not that it matters here as here's the rock for a rock bottom and the DQ. Well, Triple H was trying out there for some reason. That's all you can ask for. The Undertaker's knee sending was fine, but there's only so much you can do with interference and brawling to fill in the span of less than seven minutes. And that's the problem with so many of the matches on the show. It's holding back the matches that could work in the first plate. Well, post-match, the Rock hammers on both of them as a smoking Brahma Ball logo comes down from the ceiling. The Acolytes come in for the save, but the Bossman runs in to take them out. Barry gets tied to the symbol, and Rock promises to win the title to end the show. So, Big Bossman and the Rock teaming up. We never thought I'd see that. I bet you any money they don't pick up the Brahma Ball signal, though. Do you know what I mean? I bet they don't do that. They'll just leave Barry tied to it. So, Bossman has made a face turn. Yeah, looks that way at the moment. Hey! <laughs> Bear in all sorts of trouble. Rock saying, just bring it. So you can't deny how good the performances are or if the matches aren't. But we'd like to thank all our followers who... Uh... So thanks to our followers, we watched Great American Bash instead of King of the Ring 1999. But we will still recap the show and watch the main event. Well, it wasn't my fault that we had to watch Great American Bash. No, and it wasn't my fault that we had to watch Great American Bash. So whose fault was it? It was your fault. Well, it was 27th of June, 1999, at the Greensboro Coliseum in North Carolina. The attendance was 19,761, and the buy rate was 430,000. Well, a gritty video package kicks us off with a sound bites from various leaders of the past over the, the top of Vincent. This seems to be the big match of the hyping with the ownership of the company on the line. We then get some cool graphics for the brackets of the King of the Ring tournament, Falling like dominoes. Well, JR welcomes us to the Greensboro Coliseum. He's joined by Jerry the King Lawler. And we get some pictures from Heat with Steve Blackman attacking Ken Shamrock as he took on Shane McMahon. Shamrock is bleeding from the mouth and doesn't look in a fit state to participate in the King of the Ring tournament. Well, our first match is Hardcore Holly versus X-Puck in the King of the Ring tournament match. Well, this is a first time meeting between these two veterans. They've both been on King of the Ring tournament before. X-Pac getting to the semi-finals in 94 and Holly in the quarter-finals in 95. These two men are also former tag team champions together and they won a tournament in 95. Well, X-Pac is one only one of four men to have wrestled in each pay-per-view in 1999 so far, along with Austin, Triple H and Mick Foley. Helms and Foley aren't scheduled for tonight. X-Pac hits a suplex and a big roundhouse kick and follows up with some more kicks. and He hits the mat and X-Pac hits him with a Bronco Buster. Holly cleverly heads to the outside, but not so cleverly grabs a steel chair and now is X-Pac. Hardcore Holly lays into X-Pac after the bell, but it's Road Dog who comes out for the save. And then Road Dog and Holly met in the Kingdom of the Quarterfinals in 95, and Road Dog won that one. X-Pac advances tonight, but he's not in good shape. He'll take on either Road Dog or China in the semi-finals. This is a half-decent match, but given time, could have been good. He just really didn't get going. Well, Terry Taylor is backstage interviewing Hardcore Holly. Holly has no idea who he is, but says he plays by his own rules. Holly then says he hasn't forgotten about the Big Show. And then it's the Big Show versus Kane in a quarterfinal match. Well, we see some footage from Raw with the Big Show tipping a car over and it just missing Hardcore Holly. 
The Big Show goes into this match looking for his first pay-per-view win. It's the first time he meets Kane on pay-per-view, but he's previously lost to Mankind twice and was counted out in his eight-man elimination tag meet over the edge. Kane has new ring gear tonight, pretty much the same as his old gear, but a bit more see-through in the black. Both men miss with right hands in the early going, and it's Kane with the early advantage. Big Show looks so massive compared to Kane. He hits some kicks in the hip top, throwing Kane across the ring. The big red machine heads to the top rope before leaping off and hitting a clothesline for two. Two. Kane gets on top of the Big Show, hits some right hands and a choke. Big Show hits a jawbreaker on Kane and goes for a running boot, but Kane ducks it and the Big Show hits the referee down. Kane hits a low blow on Show, then out comes Hardcore Holly. He attempts to hit Big Show with a chair, but Kane stops him and chokes down the former Hardcore champ. That distraction gives Big Show the advantage, but Kane ducks a clothesline and slaps his hand around the neck of the Big Show. Big Show goes down to one knee. His referee is still spark out. A Big Show chant breaks out, but they go on forever and eventually the crowd boo them. Big Show gets out of the choke, but Kane picks up the chair and levers Big Show with it. Referee wakes up and counts the three. I mean, this match started okay, but it really went downhill. Kane had a choke on Big Show for what felt like forever. Big Show loses another pay-per-view match. Referee sprung into life on Kane pin Big Show. Not a great match here. Well, Michael Cole interviews Vince and says Shane is hurt and can't compete. You hear Shane in the background saying he can compete, but we'll have to see what happens there then. And then the next quarter final match is Billy Gunn versus Ken Shamrock. Well, these two men have met on one-on-one once before on pay-per-view. It was this year's Royal Rumble event for the Intercontinental title, and Shamrock won that one. Billy Gunn comes out with one of the tag team titles that he stole from the Acolytes. Well, Gunn gets on the mic and calls Shamrock dumb, and that tonight Gunn is going over the world's most dangerous horse's ass. Shamrock with bloody, with bloody round his mouth comes out for the match. Well, Terry Long tells Shamrock he's in no condition to wrestle, player. But Billy Gunn attacks him, and this one's underway, player. It's a shame he didn't turn it into a tag team match, really, isn't it? <laughs> well, Ken Shamrock is the reigning king of the ring having beaten the Rock in last year's final, player. Well, the two battle it to the outside, where Gunn drops Shamrock on the barricade. Shamrock applies an ankle lock once again, but Billy Gunn targets the ribs. Back in the ring, Billy hits a power stand before heading up to the top and missing with a splash. Shamrock gains momentum and hits a couple of drop kicks. He then goes for his trademark hurricane and hits him with a powerbomb. Well, that causes more blood to spew out of Shamrock's mouth, and Teddy Long calls for the bell and decrees that Shamrock can't carry on. Billy Gunn wins the match and advances to take on Kane. Shamrock snaps after the bell and throws Teddy to the outside. Again, not the greatest of matches. Well, backstage, Kevin Kelly interviews China, who says that when she was younger, she wanted to be a princess. But now she wants to be a queen. Triple H is then asked about the Undertaker versus Rock match, and he says that nobody tells him what to do, and he marches to the beat of his own drum. So our last quarterfinal match is Road Dog versus China. Well, we get Road Dog's unique entrance, and the crowd chant along to every word of it. The winner of this one takes on X-Pac. This is China's first singles match on pay-per-view. Well, we have a bit of chain wrestling in the early game with hammer locks and arm ringers. China takes Road Dog down again. Triple H circles the ring. And China powers out with a headlock and hits Road Dog with a big forearm shot. And this is China's third pay-per-view match. A way off the record for pay-per-view matches held by Sable at eight. China hits another forearm shot and Road Dog has really struggled in this one so far. Well, they're giving this match a lot more time than the previous three King of the Ring quarterfinals. She hits a power slam. And then Road Dog, distracted by Triple H, gets rolled up by China for two. Two. And during the kick out, uh-huh. El Hebner gets hit by China. Triple H then wraps a chain around his hand. Now it's Road Dog with it. Helmsley then rolls China up to the top of Road Dog. 
but the former tag team champion manages to kick out. Uh-huh. Commissioner Shawn Michaels then makes his way to ringside and watches Triple H. Well, Road Dog gets up and hits his trademarks, jabs, and then uh, the shake, rattle, and knee drop. The crowd are absolutely loving it. Helmsley then gets up on the apron, but Shawn Michaels pulls him down and sends him to the back. Road Dog is distracted by what's going on outside of the ring, and China hits a low blow, but doesn't affect the Road Dog because he's wearing a cup. Yeah, China hurts her arm, and Road Dog nails her with a pump handle slam for the free. Road Dog advances to the next round to fight his mate X Puck. Could we head in towards a Billy Gunn versus Road Dog final? The match was a pick of the bunch for the first round matches. Well, Michael Cole is backstage with The Rock, who talks in a little tongue to The Undertaker. Not a better promo in the game than this guy. And then the next match is the Hardy Boys, Matt and Jeff Hardy versus Edge and Christian, and it's number one contendership match for the tag team titles. Well, this is a pay-per-view debut for the Hardy Boys. They were supposed to fight on heat, but the tag team champions, the Acolytes, came out of which resulted in this match. It's the first time Edge and Christian have teamed up in a two-on-two tag team match on pay-per-view, and Michael Hayes is in the corner of Matt and Jeff. I mean, what fucking history there. <laughs> I mean, the debut pay-per-view match was against Edge and Christian, and we got to watch the Great American, American Bash. Bash. Thanks for that. Thanks. Well, Gangrel gets up on the apron, and Michael Hayes attacks Edge. All hell breaks loose, and now it's Hayes once again, but Edge hits him with a spear. Edge then hits a spear off the middle rope on Jeff, but Matt breaks up the cover. Christian leaps on Matt over the top rope, and Gangrel attempts to spit blood in Jeff Hardy's face, but ducks, and Gangrel nails Edge. Jeff hits a DDT, and this one is over. The Hardy boys start their pay-per-view journey off with a win. And it was a great match between these two young teams. Michael Cole asked the Undertaker if he can withstand the charge if the brown a ball. Cole, what happens when you rip the balls off a ball? It becomes a cow. Well, Vince McMahon comes out and isn't happy with the audience who chant arsehole and Vince McMahon can't come. So the handicap lap Michael's dink. Weasling. Vince says that earlier, Sean Michael said Vince could have a subtle replacement. And Vince says he will find one. This has Triple H written all over it. Unless Mick Foley fancies a hill turn. And then it's Billy Gunn versus Kane, the King of the Ring semi-final match. Well, only six men in history have had more pay-per-view matches than Billy Gunn at this point. This is the first time meeting between these men on pay-per-view. Gunn hits some big right hands in the early going, but Kane hits some uppercuts of his own. Upper what? Well, this would be a huge win for Billy Gunn should he beat Kane. Gunn continues to hammer away at Kane on the outside of the ring, and it should definitely have been a double count-out by now. The two men get back in the ring where Billy chokes Kane. Well, the two were supposed to be on opposite teams at SummerSlam last year, but Kane no-showed him and his tag team partner Mankind to fight both New Age Outlaws. Gunn goes for the famouser, but Kane hits him with a power slam for nailing the former half clothesline and a big boot. Kane then dropkicks Billy Gunn off the apron. Well, Gunn heads round and grabs a steel chair, but out comes the big show. Show grabs the chair off Billy, Cut, Billy Gunn and looks to nail Billy with it, but instead hits Kane. I'm not sure how accidental that was, but Big Show helps Billy Gunn progress to the final. An average match between these two men. Well, Kevin Kelly's backstage Rex Buck who says Brian Jesse James is one of his best friends to so let the best man win. And it is X-Pac versus Road Dog in a King of the Ring tournament semi-final match. Well, this is the second ever meeting between these two men on pay-per-view. The two met at In Your House 2, two. four years ago and it was a Road Dog who picked up the win that night. Well, X-Pac wins the match and goes on to fight Billy Gunn in the final. That was the first clean finish to the King of the Ring tournament tonight on the sixth time of asking. This match was short and sweet. X-Pac sells his neck going into the final. And next up is a video package for the Rock of the Untaker with some techno music running over it. 
The Rock won a triple threat match over Triple H Undertaker to get the title shot tonight. And it is The Undertaker, who is the champion, versus The Rock for the WWF Championship belt. Well, The Rock has been in the WF title match at the last Survivor Series, Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, and now King of the Ring. The three night nine pay-per-views all have been against different opponents in Mankind, Stone Cold Steve Austin, and The Undertaker. It annoys me this match isn't closed in the evening. This is the second time these two men have fought and pay-per-view, the first being in the semi-finals of the Deadly Game at last year's Survivor Series. The Rock won this match with help from Kane. Well, The Undertaker starts the match by laying out the referee. The Rock hits the rock bottom, but the referee's down. Another referee comes out, but Paul Bearer whips him out the ring and lays him out. Undertaker hits a big choke slam, but the Rock kicks out. Uh-huh. The initial referee is back in action now. Well, the Undertaker hits the Rock with a low blow, and Paul Bearer then pours what looks like chloroform on a cloth and hands it to the Undertaker. The Rock fights up the cloth before putting it in the Undertaker's face. Triple H comes out and gives the Rock a pedigree before heading to the back. The referee gets back up and counts both men down. But the Undertaker breaks the count. Undertaker lays a hand on the rock but only gets a two. Two. He then nails Rocky with a tombstone which is enough for a three. Well the Undertaker keeps his WWF title with help from Triple H. This is a decent match which has given plenty of time. That is the Undertaker's 38th pay-per-view win more than anyone else in history. Well sure Michael's kicking Triple H out of the arena because of his involvement in the last match. Vince isn't happy because he was going to be his partner for the main event. And it is X-Pac versus Billy Gunn in the King of the Ring tournament final. And this is the first time singles meeting between these two men on pay-per-view. This is the first time Billy Gunn has been in a King of the Ring tournament. He made his pay-per-view debut at the 1993 King of the Ring pay-per-view. X-Pac takes up the Bronco Buster and nails Billy Gunn with it. He goes for a clothesline, but Gunn ducks it and hits a net break. Billy goes to the top, but X-Pac dropkicks him, crotching Mr. Arse on the top rope. And then goes up with him, but Gunn hits him off, hits a famous one from the second rope, and that's enough for the win. Well, Billy Gunn wins this match and is a 1999 King of the Ring. I have no idea what the point of having him, having the tag title is, but he holds it high after the bell nonetheless. Billy Gunn has now won more pay-per-view matches than Hulk Hogan and becomes a sixth man ever to have wrestled 40 pay-per-view matches. He also won all six matches that he's wrestled at King of the Ring. Well, next in the video package rounds up the whole higher power storyline with Vince McMahon being the man revealed to be the higher power. Linda and Stephanie McMahon then handed over the executive power to Stone Cold and then all the power is now on the line as Austin takes off both Shane and Vince. Well, it is Vince McMahon and Steve Blackman versus Stone Cold Steve Austin in a ladder match for control of the WWF. Well, this is Michaels saying, um, well, this is without a doubt uh, the biggest match of Steve Blackman's career. We then see a GTV footage of Shane Man with his Mean Street posse, and Shane is fine. The four of them attempt to leave the arena, but Shawn Michaels drags Shane Man and tells him he will be competing tonight. Blackman is relieved of his duty. So it is Vince McMahon and Shane McMahon versus Stone Cold Steve Austin in a ladder match for control of the WW. And the McMahon's future is hanging in a briefcase above the ring. And here comes the rattlesnake. I love the setup as well, all the ladders. Like on the ladder roof there as well. Yeah, it was was it is a nice setup, but a king of the ring. It's more about the main event match, isn't it, than it is about the actual King Ring tournament. And Austin coming out to a huge ovation. The CEO at the moment. Well, all three CEOs are standing in the ring now. Well, Shane and Vince have just backed out. So Austin's got fifty percent stake. Shane and Vince have got twenty five percent each. It's all on the line here tonight. Vincent Shane, Shane, 
and Vince. How will the McMen get out of this one? <laughs> McMen. And they're going to go get a ladder already. Well, Shane's wearing a top that says McMahon 636, 632. And Austin already attacked the McMahons. So there is no interference allowed in this match. It is just Austin versus both of the McMen. He finally gets his hands on the two men that have caused him the most trouble this past year. He's got Vince down in the corner, stomping away, but Shane comes in from behind. Austin with eyes in the back of the head, though, knocks him down. Let's take Shane O'Mac off his feet. And this is what the crowd want to see on their feet. The man back first over the edge of the apron. Austin delivers a huge elbow to the throat. Austin then hanging Shane up over the top rope as he looks to get involved. He has. And he's still wrestling 20 years later. Oh my God, Shane. Make a wish against the ring post by Austin. And I said Shane McMahon involved in the pay-per-view main event here. And coming up, you know, 20 years later, still involved in tag team match main event. And now McMahon on the run. That's Vince. Oh! Shane was hiding behind the ring. He just clotheslines Austin down. And now both the McMahon go to work on Austin. Choking him out with a cable. Now Shane instructs his dad to go and get a ladder. While he continues choking out the rattlesnake. Well, if Shane can keep Austin distracted long enough. Well, nope. Because Austin fights out and throws Shane against the steel stairs. Did he just slap him around the face? Stink. Slap. And then Vince McMahon. Austin starts kicking away at him. <laughs> he just got laughed at the amount of punishment they take. And now Vince is in trouble with Austin. He tells him he's number one. But Shane catches up with Austin. But they have no effect. And now Shane. Running away and going up on them ladders set up in the entranceway. Trying to hide from Austin. And I think Shane's safe. For now. Uh-oh. He just gave Austin the finger. Uh, you didn't want to do that to Austin as he climbs up, but Shane climbing down. Well, when he's up, he's up, but Shane's going down. No. And Shane gets all sorts of trouble. Shane gets knocked off. Austin stands tall. And they must be up at least 12 feet. At least 15, 16 foot up in the air. As Austin throws Shane into some chain-link fencing, Vince looks to come out and attack, but gets met by Austin's boot. Oh. <laughs> And Vince through a ladder that's holding up that ladder roof at the moment. I wonder how many ladders they can take out before the whole thing collapses. <laughs> the second one. And now he's got Shane. Third time's a charm. And the ladders are still standing tall. Austin's got the ladder, just sends it into Vince McMahon. And Austin's got Shane McMahon again. And here he comes. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Throws Shane into yet another ladder. And there's only one ladder left holding the stage together. Oh! <laughs> And Austin's just made it collapse on Shane and Vince. Well, the McMahons are underneath those ladders. There must be at least 20 ladders. Austin just making sure he hasn't killed them. You're right, kid. Shane are still moving and breathing. And Austin now looking to take the ladder in the ring. And Austin might be a little bit out of breath beating the shit out of McMahons. But he'll try his best. Now Austin's setting up the ladder in the middle of the ring. But Shane O'Max already up and recovered. But one side of the ring to the other. And straight over the top rope. And the writing on Shane's back is coming off with a beating. <laughs> and Austin inadvertently takes Vince McMahon out. Not that it matters. And he just throws the ladder into Shane who goes straight over uh, JR. Well, took JR's hat off. But he's all right. Austin's like, God, Jesus Christ. And JR's like, look, there he is. Down here, the son of a bitch. JR complaining <laughs> about safe working conditions. Now the Spanish announce table's in trouble. The shame of man's lane strewn across it. Austin takes the ladder out of the ring. Now Austin going up. 
<laughs> it's Austin drops the elbow through Shane and the Spanish announce table. All right, Austin hurt himself there, land on the concrete. Well, Vince is up to his feet. He's got his hands on the ladder. Well, how Shane's moving is an achievement. And Vince McMahon thinks he's in the ring. Austin climbs up the side of the ladder, knocks Vince off it, and then pushes the ladder and Austin over onto the uh, announce table. The table didn't break, just bounced. Well, the fans still chant for Austin as Vince McMahon. He's got his best chance yet. He's down by the electric cables where Austin's laying. And now Mr. McMahon's going to set up the ladder. This is climbing the ladder. And he's halfway there. Fingertips. Austin's back in the ring as he gives a low blow to Vince. He climbs up the ladder himself. Oh my god, now Vince over that ladder. And now Austin's going to look to try and suplex McMahon. Throws him to the ground. The shame McMahon gets back in the ring, but Austin spots him <laughs> and just clocks him with a huge right hand. <laughs> and Shane looks just. He's had the piss beaten out of him in this match. As he gets a ladder to the ribs. Austin just jabbing him in the ribs in it in the corner. Vince is up. Then Austin throws Vince into the ladder with Jane. So there was a huge clothesline takedown. And Austin doesn't want to go up and get the briefcase just yet. He's having too much fun with the McMen. And now what's Austin going to try and do? And it's catapult time and sends Shane face first into the ladder. And now Austin's got Shane on the ladder bouncing him. And he just flicks him off the ladder. <laughs> <laughs> And he drops the ladder onto the back of McMahon. <laughs> He's having far too much fun here. And now Austin's got the ladder just standing on Shane McMahon. Shane's tapping out. <laughs> well, Shane is out and now it's Vince in the corner. His turn for a beat down from the feet of Stone Cold Steve Austin. Now he looks like he's setting the ladder up. And Austin now making his way up. But here comes Vince. Tilting the ladder and just sending Austin flying. And I want to get the ladder, but Austin's got hold of it. <laughs> what are they going to try and do? Vince is trying to give Shane a boost up, but that won't work. We'll just try and get the ladder from Austin, but it's like Shane's going to go on Vince's shoulders just like he did when he was a little boy. <laughs> and Austin in the corner, just watching on. Taps Vince on the shoulder, he turns around, clocks Vince, and Shane falls down as well with him. And Austin just taking the man's out. And yeah, it might not be the most competitive match, but you can't deny it's fun. Oh, absolutely, yeah. You can tell Austin is having a lot of fun as he stuns Vince. Tells Shane to get up. Drops in with a stunner, too. Now, I think the fun's over, and Austin setting up that ladder. And Austin... Oh, wait a minute. The briefcase has just gone higher as Austin gets closer to the top of the ladder. And who's controlling that, that ladder? Oh, he's coming back down now. And where's the controls at ringside? And Austin, he's having to go to the timekeeper. It's not the think either. And Vince is up, and the briefcase might have come down a little bit for Vince's convenience. My man's got it, and Austin's up. He punches Vince McMahon with some huge rights, kicks Shane off. He's got a hand on it, but again, the briefcase goes up. Oh my God, and Shane just sacrifices his own dad to get Austin out, sets up the ladder, the briefcase lowering down, and who else doing this? And Shane has got the briefcase. And the McMahons have got complete control of the WWF. Well, Austin says it's bullshit, and I don't blame him. But, Dan, what do you think of the match? Uh, I thought it was an absolute fun spectacle, yeah. It was, uh, you know, it's good to see Austin, despite losing, you know, he got to beat the fuck out of both McMahon. Without a doubt. And uh, whoever screwed round with a ladder, I suppose, will have hell 
to pay. But we move on to our last episode of Raw. And it's June 29th, episode 318. 28th, episode 318. And we're at the Charlotte Coliseum in Charlotte, North Carolina. The attendance is 19,533. And your commentators are, as always, JR and Jerry the King. It's the night after King of the Ring. And believe it or not, a lot of things have changed. Last night we saw Billy Gunn beat X-Pac to win the tournament because having Road Dog move on to the finals to face Gunn was too basic and logical for Russo. And the McMahons regained power from Steve Austin due to some shenanigans. Now, why do I have a feeling that more shenanigans are afoot? Well, James, let's get to it. Well, we open with stills from a package from last night's main event with Austin getting screwed out with Powers as COO. Was anyone really expecting any trivia the last time Vince and Austin faced each other in a match? Well, we get the opening sequence, and here's the corporate ministry, and balloons fell as Vince starts to celebrate. Vince and Shane are downright giddy, and Shane gets to fire Austin as CEO, with Paul Bearer and Midian dancing together in the background. Vince promises that Austin is going to look back down to the bottom of the ladder, and as for tonight, Austin will be in a preliminary match, and then we get to take the ring apart to end the show. Well, that brings Vince to the rest of last night, including the untake making Rock's upper lip curl, and the general success of the corporate ministry. General success of the corporate ministry. In honour of everything going well, uh, Vince is willing. It, in honour of everything going well, Vince is willing to offer the Undertaker the opportunity to defend the WF title against Triple H at Fully Loaded. Cue the big boss band to his old music, really cool, to stare Vince and Shane down, and then to rejoin the team. Well, that's finally enough, and it's time for Austin to blow the roof off this place. Austin gets straight to the briefcase being raised up and he's really not surprised. He's so not surprised that he did give something when he was still CEO. In addition to giving himself a new contract for more money and the ability to attack Vince whenever he wants to, he's facing The Undertaker for the title tonight. And if anyone interferes, Austin wins the title. My God, what a way to start Raw, but our opening match is Ken Sharp versus Steve Blackman. Well, it is a weapons match and Shamrock is in street clothes. Before the match, Shamrock yells about Vince sending Blackman to take him out because he's never going to stop. They start fighting on the floor, but Shamrock's bad ribs flare up. Some weapons shot to the ribs make Shamrock bleed from the mouth and he can barely move. That's enough for Blackman, who hits Shamrock in the head with a kendo stick, puts his weapons back in the bag and leaves. As is so often the case, this was more of a segment than a match. And then Shamrock refuses medical attention and Blackman leaves. Well, here's... King Billy Gunn for a chat and he brags about winning the tag team titles last week but quickly shifts over to winning three matches in a row last week over people at the top of their game. Gunn is tired of carrying people everywhere because now it's all about him. And Q cut China and Triple H with the latter holding a shirt. He's out here on business and asks Billy if he's gotten his royalty check lately. Well they're a little lower than they should be because X-Pac and Road Dog are claiming the rights to the DX name. Therefore, all the shirts, like the DX shirt he's holding and putting money in X pockets. The three of them were DX, so it's time to get the rights back where they belong. Triple H is busy, so China can help Billy instead. They have a deal, but here's Rock to go after Triple H for costing them the title last night. And here's Chaz, formerly Beaver Cleavage, and his girlfriend Mariana, is asked about breaking character last week. You know, Russo wrote this because no one else would be stupid enough to put something like this on TV. Don't you fucking dare talk about my friend like that. He's been Cali before and says he doesn't want to be anything but himself. God, this stuff is hard to... GTV shows us Test and Stephanie McMahon leaving the Marriott together. And it is Meat versus Chaz. It's the battle of the underwear with Meat with PMS in pink briefs and Chaz in smiley face boxers. 
Chaz starts with a power slam. As you hear about Rock versus Triple H being made for tonight. Laura, of course, can't shut up about Stephanie and Tess at the hotel. Even as Meek gets two off, two. A, lay- off a layout F5. Terry offers a quick distraction so Jacqueline can punch Chaz. Leaving Marina shoves Terry down. The bigger distraction lets Chaz hit reverse Death Valley Driver for a fast pin. Well, Tess is in the back for an interview, but Shane McMahon and the Mean Street Posse run in and beat him down. Well, here's Hardcore Holly, who isn't impressed by Big Show throwing a car on him. Holly said, well, guess what? You missed. As for tonight, he wants Kane due to a fight last night at King of the Ring. And it is Hardcore Holly versus Kane. Kane elbows him in the face to start, but gets crutched on top. Referee gets distracted for the sake of convenience, allowing Big Show to sneak, because Giants can do that. In for a choke slam on Kane to give Holly the pin. All post-match, Kane pops up and chokeslams Holly four times. And it is The Rock versus Triple H. Well, before the match, Rock talks about leaving a tattoo on the back of the Undertaker's 33-pound head, saying how badly he beat the Undertaker up. The slugout is on in a hurry with Rock getting the better of it and running clothesline. Triple H is right back up with some right hands in the corner as we're waiting on whatever running they're going to have for this match. Rock DDT's test, uh, Rock DDT gets two. Two. And it's Billy Gunn coming in to club... Uh, the Rock to knock him out in less than two minutes. And it is Prince Albert and Jaws are beating up Val Venus. And the next match is Godfather versus Edge. Well, Godfather is in the Hall of Fame before either Rock or Triple H. There's something very wrong with that reality. Unfortunately, Lawler has seen Austin Powers recently. is now full of jokes from the movie. As Edge is coming to the ring, we see a clip of Edge coming off the middle rope to spear Jeff Hardy out of the air, which JR thinks is amazing. Time continues to not be kind to this show. They punch each other a bit and here are Droz and Albert for no logical reason. Edge falls down before a clothesline touches him and there's a hoe train. Droz distractions out Gorilla Pest. Spear gives Edge the pin. Godfather gets beaten down again. His arm gets tied into the ropes and Albert goes to pierce one of the hoses tongue with Edge making a save. Ladies seem very happy and all all over Edge who can go with this. A displeased gangrel is watching from the crowd. Well, Gunn tells someone to come out if he's needed. And now it's Billy Gunn versus Bradshaw. Well, this is taking place because Gunn took a title bout with him after winning a six-man tag where he was partners with the Acolytes, who are already actual champions. Not to stuff a lot, but we just had a three-minute match with multiple belt shots, two people interfering, and a singles match for a tag team title that was stolen when a partner won a six-man tag to wrap up the two-week story. We're now really going to have people changing the channel to Nitro, featuring the Cat versus David Flair, and Sid Vicious versus Scott Putsky before a main event of David Flair challenging for the world title if things weren't moving this And here comes Bradshaw going for the clothesline from hell straight away. Billy Gunn managed to avoid it though. And now these two big men just going at it. Oh, we're watching this, aren't we? Yeah. Bradshaw with a big boot taking Billy Gunn down. And then eliminates him from the Royal Rumble. So I guess, it, <laughs> I guess the tag team title is on the line in the singles match. And now Farouk with the title belt, his own title belt. Knocking Billy Gunn out. Oh, Bradshaw going for the cover, but only getting a two count. Two. So if Billy Gunn wins, it's him and Farouk as tag team champions. (laughs) I guess so. Unless Billy can pick a partner. And Bradshaw now will look, try and powerbomb Billy Gunn. Of course, King of the Ring winner. King Billy Gunn. King Mr. Badass Billy Gunn. King Ass. Billy the Badass King. Oh, and Bradshaw looks to drop an elbow, but Mr. Ass rolls out of the way, but he goes straight into a... Irish whip, but Billy Gunn fight, flies out with a huge forearm. And there's some huge rights as Bradshaw's down on the deck. Now Billy Gunn just sending Bradshaw in the corner. Irish whip into the other one. 
As Gunn looks for a huge splash but gets caught by Bradshaw. It hits a massive fall away slam. And Billy Gunn in all sorts of trouble now. Oh, eight years. Well, Billy off the top there with a DDT stopping Bradshaw. Billy with a spinning back elbow and a lovely drop kick knocks Bradshaw off his feet. Oh, my God. And then Billy Gunn shows his Mr. Ass. Oh, but Farouk accidentally hits Bradshaw with the title. And now Billy's going to go famous, so get the job done. No, X-Park in from behind, drags Billy Gunn down. He oh. walks straight into a clothesline from hell from Bradshaw. Goes for the cover. One, two, three. And the Acolytes are the tag team champions beyond a shadow of a doubt, but thanks in part to X-Park. Oh, but China comes down, throws X-Pac into the steel stairs, and then throws him into the ring. But here comes Road Dog, shake, rattle, and right hands. And then X-Pac fights back as well. As X-Pac and Road Dog there stand tall to end this. Well, here, up next here are the new... Up next here is the new women's champion, Ivory, and Nicole Bass for a chat. Ivory talks about how real she is and how she wants some competition. Therefore, let's have an open challenge to any fan in the crowd. A woman gets in the ring but starts to back off. Ivory slaps her and the catfight is on, only to have Bass powerbomb the fan. More beating in shoes and Ivory drags her around the hair as security makes the save. Well, Vince isn't worried about Austin. In the Connecticut Titles Online, it's Jeff Jarrett. That's J-E-F-F-J-A-R-R-E-T-T versus x Well, Jarrett is defending and has Deborah with him, who gives Lola a show-me-the-puppy shirt. Oddly enough, it's worthy of a small grin. They run the ropes to start, an X-Pac missing a charge in the corner. Jeff tosses him to the floor, and Lawler says the briefcase being raised up last night was a trick of the eyes. Back in, and Jeff whips him hard into the corner, followed by the sleeper. Well, as always the case, it's reversing to the sleeper on Jack. This time, he reverses it into a third. That's broken up with a low blow as the fans chant for Mongol. Deborah's ex-husband, the X-Pac, grabs a set-up powerbomb. The Bronco Buster connects, but his gun with a guitar. That's taken away, and Jarrett... Clocks, gets clocked, but there's no referee as Deborah has a jacket open. The distraction lets Gunn hit the famous so Jarrett can retain the title. Well, you know, because these two, as in two of the best hands of the generation, can't get five minutes on the show packed with this much stuff. Oh, but at least we got another segment in the DX Fallout after all those segments in the DX Fallout, including in the previous match. As usual, too much packed into short of a time, and it doesn't have time to connect. Well, post-match, Dog comes in quickly, followed by China, until the referee breaks up the brawl. So it is a match for the WWF World Title with Undertaker versus Stone Cold Steve Austin. Well, you hear the glass, that's usually your ass, and he's looking to be champion again. He got screwed up over the edge last month. Is that what, Undertaker, you son of a bitch? Well, he said he's number one, and here we go. Austin in, ducking a close-on attempt from the Undertaker, with both men trading huge blows. Are you sure you don't want to go over to Nitro and watch Nash versus David Flair? Oh, actually. It is a Lumberjack, Matt, though, isn't it? It is Lumberjack. Now, we'll stick, we'll stick with this for now. And the Undertaker grabs Austin, throws him into the corner. And the Undertaker now just beating up Austin in early going. Huge right hands, turns into an Irish whip. Austin ducks a clothesline attempt, hits a Fez press. And the piston-like right hands wailing down at the head of the Undertaker. As he comes off the ropes, drops the elbow to the throat for the cover to... No, Undertaker managing to kick out. Uh, but it's Austin straight back on the attack as Undertaker struggles to get to his feet. Oh, Austin nearly setting up for the stunner, but Undertaker throwing it away, throwing Austin away and ducking out of the ring for safety. But Austin follows in quickly and a double axe handle smash to the back. 
Sends Undertaker draped over the barricades. Well, Austin seems on point in this match as he looks back to try and get back what's rightfully his in his mind. Undertaker looking to bounce Austin's head off the steel steps, but Austin blocks it and sends Undertaker into him instead. Austin sends the Undertaker back in. Irish whip. But Undertaker comes back with a, just a big boot to the jaw of Austin and sends Austin into the ropes who returns the favour but follows up with a clothesline and a cover. Two. No, Undertaker managing to get a shoulder up at two. Two. Austin again on the attack. Irish whip but reversed. And a big boot by the Undertaker. Unless the outside interference allowed. Or Austin wins the title. But the no interference doesn't stem to Paul Bearer who just took off his shoe and just whacked Austin over the back of the head with it. I'm taking now a huge uppercut. Upper what? And an Irish whip to Austin. Oh, then eliminates him from the Royal Rumble. And I'm taking intimidating El Hebner. I'm taking now just slow methodical big right hand to the outside. Then bounces Austin head off the steel steps, sends him just creeling back to the mats below. And the fans giving the Undertaker a finger right in his face. If I was the Undertaker, I'd just clock that fucking annoying little gimp in the stupid fucking blue plaid check shirt. Well, they all love Stone Cold as he fight backs now. Austin with a knee to the midsection. But Paul Bearer coming from behind. Austin clocks it this time and just clubs him in the back of the head. But this allows Undertaker to get back into it. And just with a huge clothesline. <clears throat> Undertaker just throws Austin in. Now, big right hand. Turns him over into a cover. Two. No. Austin with a kick out. Oh. The King makes a good point. You know, we talk about Austin winning, but if he loses, he goes to the back of the line. Look, man's back in full control. So it's basically either everything Austin wants or everything Vince McMahon wants. Mm. Oh, and a huge Irish whip sends Austin into the corner. I think the ring moved off centre, holding on to it. Oh, no, he had the cover, but Austin foot on the rope. I'll take it with a blatant choke and then again intimidating the referee. But Austin... Oh, looking for a slam, but Undertaker adjusting his body weight, falling into a pin attempt. The Stone Cold kicking out. Uh-huh. The Undertaker now just going to go back to the submission. Rear chin lock. Well, both of these men were involved in wars last night. Undertaker with a rock. And of course, Austin with a McMahon's, but I think Austin would be the fresher of the two. Two. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what we're talking about? And Austin now slowly getting back to his feet, trying to fight back from this. His total oh, aspirations. Huge right hand, but then runs into a back elbow from Undertaker. Who picks up Austin, delivers a scoop slam. Uh-oh, now Undertaker's got Austin. They're going to go up for a bit of old school. Drops the arm across the back of Austin. Goes for the cover, but now Austin managing to kick out. Uh-huh. And another submission in by the dead man. And Austin with a jawbreaker there. Drags Undertaker's big carcass to the corner. And he wants to end things here. And Austin, no. The Undertaker managing to kick Austin off. Sends him over barricade into the fans. So Undertaker punches him off the barricade onto the fans side. And he drags him back onto the ring side. Well, the Undertaker and Austin back in the ring now. And the huge right hand gets two. Two. Maybe that shows the weakening of Austin. The Undertaker back to the submission. The drunk woman gone. Big right hands by Austin. Now both men running the ropes. Oh, Undertaker ducking the clothesline. But they're both men taking each other out. Undertaker, right. <laughs> that would be so cool right now. Oh, and he does. The Undertaker back up. Austin's still down. No, Austin's back up, but he's backed into a corner as Undertaker pursues him. But Austin with a few kicks to the midsection. Turns it around, and now he's stomping the mud arm, walking it dry. Austin now, Irish whip, but Undertaker reverses. Looking for a tombstone, but Austin with a backslide. Hits a stunner. Goes for the cover. One, two. Oh. oh. 
No, Paul Bearer drags out Earl Hebner. Oh, and Austin thought he was champion and Bearer's knocked down. <laughs> <laughs> a huge right hand just makes Bearer roll. Austin back in with the Undertaker. Credit to him back to his feet. And now Undertaker knocks Austin down with a clothesline. No, the fans thought it was there then. An Undertaker. Clothesline. Ducks the attempt from Undertaker. Stunner. One, two, three. And Stone Cold. Yes, Stone Cold. Stone Cold has become WF champion again here tonight. Dan, what are your thoughts on the match at the moment? I thought it was an absolutely great moment. Yeah, you know, um, Undertaker versus Austin. They're both solid workers, deliver great matches. Uh, and the moment was just extra special as well, Austin, regaining his title after all the shit that he's been through with McMahon. Oh, wait a minute, though. Undertaker with a title belt. Just as Austin was celebrating with a beer, that it was a title shot to the head of Undertaker, uh, to Austin. Oh, my God. Undertaker picking Austin up. Oh, my God. This blood, sweating beers at the moment. Austin busted over, but fighting back. Oh, no, mate. And now referee's here trying to stop it in Undertaker. Just trying to open up Austin. And this is sick. Well, nonetheless, Austin is still champion as we go off air, even though he's getting beaten down by The Undertaker. And this is not over between The Undertaker and Stone Cold Steve Austin. But, Dan, what have you thought of the month for WWE? Um, it has been a bit of a, a a bit of a mismatch. You know, things going here, there and everywhere. I think they need a bit of regime to it. Uh, well, but the same can be said for WCW as well, to be honest. Mm. Yeah, I mean, the story at the moment with Austin and now, you know, losing power and having a title back, uh, I, I think it's, that's the best way of maybe having it. And we shall see what happens. Obviously, with the feud, the Undertaker's going to continue. And McMahon is going to be in, in control trying to stop it. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens. That is it for the month. And we'll be back next week. Uh, the pay-per-view for the month is our choice. The next month, it's going to be WWE Fully Loaded 99. But before we go, let's have a look at the schedule for just for the next couple of months because we always like doing it. So let's just fill people in. We still do it for the next episode. Well, it is July 7th. It is WNR 231. It is WWE versus WCW. And it is three episodes of Nitro and three episodes of Raw. And then July 14th, WNR 232. It's a WWE Network for July. July 21st is the WNR... 233 and it's Extreme Rules 2019. July 28th, WNR 238. And like I said, it's our pay per view choice. It's WWE Fully Loaded 99. August the 4th, WNR 235. It's WWE versus WCW. And that's three Raws and three Nitros. August 9th, WNR 236. is WNR Review for August. August 10th is WNR 237. It's NXT TakeOver Live pre show. August. And then August 11th, is WNR 238. It's WWE SummerSlam Live Kickoff. August 14th is 2.39 and it's WWE SummerSlam 2019. August 18th is WNR 2.40, it's WWE NXT TakeOver. August 25th is WNR 2.41, it's SummerSlam 99. And then August 31st, NXT TakeOver Cardiff Live. So that is our schedule for the next couple of months. Like I said, a lot of WWE versus WCW stuff. And of course, all the latest content ending in NXT TakeOver in Cardiff. So that should be all fun. That's it for today. Don't forget you can follow us on Twitter at WWE Network Review or at Vince McDan WWE. I'm at John Score Rollins. Of course, all the Google platforms. Don't forget you can send us an email to WNR Podcast at gmail.com. WWE Network Review Podcast there as well. We're on Facebook. 
Yes, Facebook, come and find our page and give us a like with a WWE Network Review podcast. Or you can come and find me and add me as a friend. I am Vince McDan. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, WWE Network Review Podcast. Where podcasts go up on YouTube, same time we do other places like SoundCloud. Or on your phone. We're on Speaker Radio. We've got live shows, Stitch Radio and iTunes where you can download, subscribe, rate and review there. But that's not it. There's also another place you can find us and that is at thecast.com and that's got all our information for Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and YouTube. You can contact us there and the page should be fully completed by SummerSlam. Oh yeah, of course, SummerSlam, yes. You yeah. are definitely sounding less and less confident the closer and closer we get to oh, SummerSlam. no, we'll be fine. Well, one thing I do know what will be ready is our next episode will be more WWE versus WSW, but until then, I have been James Rollins, and as always, always joined by... Dan White. Fake some. Bye. Bye. <laughs>